Unpopular opinion. The N64 controller oh, is yeah, trash. That was terrible. That's that's a trash controller. The, the fact that you could attach it to a pole in the center, make a spear out of it, or like one of those cool like psi weapons from Teenage Ninja Turtles, like that's how bad a controller it was. You could like you hand that to someone and they go, "I don't know how to hold this correctly," and then they would do it. and You'd go, "No, grab the weird middle one," and you're like, "Okay, this is uncomfortable if you don't have tiny baby hands." Yeah. Yeah, I uh, posh. I say that was one of the best controllers ever made. Fuck you! Oh no, no. Hold on, you're gonna complain about me for the virtual for Virtual Boy, but then when I bring up this, when you guys talk about the 64, all of a sudden, oh, life's too hard. I would say the Nintendo 64 controller is worse than the Virtual Boy. Fucking oh, easily, tier, easily, top easily. Top tier controller. A top tier controller that's made for aliens. Top it's, tier, it's nonetheless. Not, it's not not made for human hands. Made for like, I don't know. Obviously not humanoids. I, well, I, I would that also works say out great because humans are shitty people, so it works out even better on my a, part. A, 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 as a human <laughs> with slightly larger than normal human hands, my hands at least fit around a Virtual Boy controller. I'm holding a Virtual Boy controller, which raises a bunch of other questions. Like I remember the point in time where my knuckles started to kind of hit the um left part of a Nintendo 64 controller because jamming my hand around that was like, ha. Huh, Okay. Just try to find some way to fit your hands and just your hands, just a place for any. How do you reach the buttons? How do you reach any of the? It's it just makes no sense. The controller was, yeah. For all the love the system got, and it had some truly fantastic games. The controller was garbage. You had the tiny controller's top tier. Most people had tiny kid hands when they were playing on that thing. Like. That thing's great true. for tiny kid hands. Like, real adult hands, though. The number of controllers that get worse with time with your big adult hands, it's weirdly long. Like, the Nintendo, <laughs> fine for tiny kid hands. As an adult where you can like, get your fingers all the way around that murder rectangle, little bit painful. Yeah, the round, the round controller, if you can get that for your NES, the round controllers are definitely or a little better. Or just take a sander to the edges. You know what? You know what? If you can't handle the N64 controller as an adult, you clearly aren't meant to function as an adult. You shouldn't file taxes. You should just get rid of everything and live as a hobo. Wait, wait, wait! I get to not file taxes if I can't deal with the Nintendo 64 controller. No, because you I can't need adult. proof of this. Because I would love you to can, not file taxes. <laughs> you cannot adult anymore if you can't handle a kid controller. That's it. You're done. Tap out. Just call it a day. I would love to not file taxes <laughs> based on that measure. What's your exemption? I don't feel comfortable holding Nintendo 64 controller. Up, oh, yep, that's a checkbox. It's right now, here. <laughs> See, here's what you do. You get audited, right? The IRS shows up. They've got all their agents. And the first thing they do is they have a guy come out. He's wearing square glasses. He's got a suitcase. He's like, well, let's see before we continue all this audit. We have to conduct a test. And he opens a suitcase. And in that suitcase is a single fucking yellow Pikachu controller from N64 He's like, sir, can you please put your hands on this controller? Does it have the you... rumble pa- the rumble add-on in there to make it weirdly oh, it off-center weight-wise? Has... Yeah, it totally has that to fucking throw off the weight distribution. Nice. Of, of course it does. So you, you, you try to grasp it, and of course your hands can't handle it. So it starts to fall out of your hands, and the guy says, all right, we're done here. Boys, pack it up. And they all just get in their SUVs and drive off. And you're left there wondering what the fuck just happened. And that's...
love everyone out there. You're going to get a different breed of podcasts. You know why? Because all these other podcasts out there are sleeping. They don't know what's up. You know who does, though? The Woke It Awesome cast. That's right. We woke. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another we week. Go on. We are in a new a new era, a new era of the podcast, the woke yeah. cast. We we tried the food cast. That didn't work out. We've tried the Matrix podcast. That never was going to work out. Charlie would never let that happen. Uh, we dabbled in video games, but you realize, you know what? It's not going to work either. Instead, it's going to be woke. This podcast is woke the same way a bear in December is. Yeah, on the prowl, right? Grr. Quite the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so not woke. There's a title for it that's the opposite of awake. It implies a long period of not awakenedness. The sleepy awesome cast. The fucking passed out in a cave digesting. Nine months of gluttony is more what we kind of seem to operate in. <laughs> Welcome to the Sleepy Awesome Cast. We talk about mattresses and do reviews on them now. That's Fucking Sealy can suck my dick. <laughs> yeah. uh, we also talk about really calorie-dense food. That's right. Like, store up for the winter, you know. Yeah. Winter, winter, winter's on its way. All right, how far do you two want to take this? I got some bear facts I can throw out right now. Oh, uh, would, yes. Let, let, let's yes, run let's, with this for a bit. Let's, let's, let's have some fun with this. I subscribe to bear facts. Well, so fun fact. So towards the end before hibernation begins, all bears that hibernate swap to a high-in-fiber diet to essentially constipate themselves to keep their cages sanitary over the long hibernation periods. They don't shit in their sleep, essentially. So when spring comes, they basically, like, Take a dump that's a wicker basket almost. <laughs> like, well done. Like, it's not quite woven, but it's a solid mass of plant fiber that's been dried and it's been acting as essentially a cork in that bear's ass for the entire winter. Mm. And they lose a shit ton of body weight. And I mean, shit ton as in a ton of shit comes out of that bear. Which explains why they're angry every other part of the, part of the year. Yeah. Bear facts. What kind of bear is best? Kodiak. Care Bears. Well, there are two schools of thought. Okay. Does no one hear? Oh, that's right. You don't watch The Office, do you, Charlie? No, I have taste. <sighs> I'm done with this podcast. I'm out. <laughs> Let's hear about these two schools of bear. Let's hear about these bear schools, these rival bear schools. It doesn't work if you haven't seen the damn show. Let's move on. Wait, wait, you're telling me to move on. This is a weird reversal of power I'm not used to. I, I now understand why you are the way you are. Mm. This, is the, this, this is how things are in the Woken Awesome cast. It only took us bear facts to bring us here. <laughs> the barest of facts. Well, I, could, I just couldn't bear the truth anymore. Ah, there we go. Back to normal. Yeah. Ugh. But yes, uh, we are the Wicked Awesome Cast, uh, episode one thirty. Wow, one three zero. Nothing special about it. I just figured it's nice to mention it's one three zero. We almost equal the number of Pokemon. Almost. You mean How? first first generation? You mean first generation? There's I only I, I only recognize Pokemon up till the end of Gold and Silver. 
How many was that? 251 or two, I think. How many are there now? We looked this one, up. It one was million. disgusting. One million. That I'm sounds good. I'm just going to I'm just going to go with 1 million. Uh, that sounds that 802. Ah. Almost a thousand. So what would the pokey rap be now? Long and boring. Yes. Yeah. Think about how it was with 150. I took a bunch of episodes to get through. Mhm. So how long would would the current poker rap be? How many minutes would it be now? I I don't know. I don't want to give this more thought than I have would, to. Would it, would it be a, a 30 minute long sort of, you know, jazz rendition in a God of Vita style jam? I I don't know. I don't know. Would, would we break off into different sections and movements like an orchestra piece? Yeah, the poker rap. 800 Pokemon poker rap. This fuck I'd be out of breath by the end of it. Well, you know, there's there's the Nations song, you know, the uh, the one on Animaniacs. Animaniacs. Yeah, and that's, what, 300 and something? Yeah. And that was only in about, what, five or six minutes? So so if you say almost nothing about every, every Pokemon... I feel there are more Pokemon now than there are Nations. And I... Oh, there's way more. There's, like, triple the amount of Pokemon as there are Nations. Every... So... Every nation can have three official Pokemon. Wow. So what what are America's Pokemon then? Trubbish, Trubbish, and Trubbish. Snorlax. <laughs> Snorlax. I don't want to live in a country where Trubbish isn't our Pokemon. Trubbish, Snorlax, and... Um, Slowpoke. Anyone that looks like a gun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's the one that's cannons. Uh, Octo-something? Octillery. That's right. Yes. That's right, yep. or one that shoots fireworks for Fourth of July. Oh yeah, yeah. Why do I know these things? <laughs> I could have been so much smarter than I am if I just didn't waste time on knowing this. You could have been the Doctor Oak of our time. Yeah. So I'm where you drop. I'm obviously bombs. Ash's dad. Then got it. Yeah. So you drop truth bombs. I'm laying mad and... pipe all over that town. Got it. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Not only are you. Super Pokemon smart, but you're laying down the truth and pipe. So you're not yep. Professor Oak, you're Professor Woke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will fly to Portland and drown you in a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> I'll even note the Portland PD will show up and be like, oh, yeah, this was justified. Yep. Just, just uh, public service up, murder. Boys. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> public service murder sounds like a cool band name, though. I'm sure oh, that's yeah. your real band already. <laughs> Very possibly. I would Google it, but I don't want that in my search history. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it's a Law and Order episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm unsurprised. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, uh, where were we? Oh, yeah, we're a podcast. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> so, yeah, 130. Um, We do have some interesting news this week. A lot more to talk about. I, uh... I made sure to get myself a couple Red Bulls this morning because guess who gets to have another Blizzard rant? And that is me, we your boy. We got an email about it. Did you? Oh, this is going to be good. Oh, good, good. We That's may have, awesome. We may have to break tradition, bring some emails in early into the podcast. Hmm. I am digging this. People, oh, yeah. seem, people seem to be digging you being like, what the fuck, Blizzard? 
<laughs> really? I. This is what, like, <gasps> week three in a row we've gotten emails about it? That's awesome. Well, I didn't know about it last week. Didn't we talk about it last week? No, you've been oh. keeping emails from me. I thought we talked about it last week. Maybe it's only two weeks then of the three that we've gotten them. Oh. We got nothing last week because of Thanksgiving, didn't we? That's probably what it was. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think we should jump into what we got going on because we got a lot going on. Yeah, why not? Let's, uh, how does this usually work again? We do weeks. Right? Yeah, we do weeks. All right. Um, who wants to start it off? I'll go first. Mine was pretty simple, and I got some stuff to say about the Switch. All right. Oh, another Charlie Switch rant? Yes. I, uh, first off, I wanted to say I've committed myself to Anthem on the PC. I yeah! Fi- I finally pulled the trigger. I will explain. Uh, for the dumbest reason, they put out a shit ton of Anthem news this week, and we'll talk about this more in the emails. I think we got an email about this, but they showed on the live stream for it one of the devs holding up a, P- a controller while playing the PC version. I'm like, fuck it, I'm in. Why not? <laughs> so I will be playing that on PC. Hopefully my PC is set up by then so I can play it on something that's not my laptop, but my laptop can definitely run that game, so neat. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I have also learned I don't want to play Red Dead Redemption anymore. I just want to see how it ends. <laughs> You're just done with it now? I, it's it's not done. It's more... I know how that game ends. I know kind of the gist of how that game ends. I maybe don't know the exact details of it, but there's no mystery to it. And I want to see the rest of the story, but like I can't play that game in less than a three-hour sitting. And just, I'm like, I want to watch... I, I, I want a game I don't care about the story. I, I want Anthem to come out. I want to go back to playing Destiny 2 or something where it's like, I can play three hours and have fucking King of the Hill or some podcasts playing, so I feel like I've been productive with my time, as opposed to Red Dead, where I'm like, okay, I did two story missions because they were on opposite fucking sides of the map. (laughs) And don't get me wrong, I'm still enjoying Red Dead, but, like, the idea occasionally of playing more Red Dead is weirdly exhausting for me. I'm like, I'd have to ride that horse so much. No fast travel? There is, but it feels wrong to use it, and you can only use it, as best I can tell, from your camp, which I am never at. Like, I rarely ever wind up back at camp where I'm like, no, there's fast travel there, and and by the time I got back, I got back to camp to fast travel, and, like, when there are loading times in this game, they're long enough that I'm pretty sure if I was to travel back to camp, use the fast travel, and then wind up where I'm supposed to go, I'm not sure I'd be saving that much time in the grand scheme of things. And, and I feel bad, because I keep finding cool shit. Like, I found aliens, and, like, I killed some of the, the hills have eyes people and stuff. I found a boat in a tree, and I'm like, this game is real cool. I just wish I could get something done in an hour or two, not four. <laughs> yeah, I... It's weird. It's It's... It's the dumbest complaint ever. I'm like, I, I want to play this game. I just wish it like was playable in two-hour increments and not giant chunks of my time. And yes, I could focus more on doing like exactly what I need to, but that game doesn't super lend itself to doing that. Like, You go from point to point, and it drops so many distracting things in your way. You're like, oh, a penny. <laughs> That's part of the pool, I guess. Yeah. Like, hey, there's so I've, much stuff going on. I, it's... Really well done in that regard, 
but also I kind of want my time to be done with that game. Yeah. Oh, just wait till the online part comes out. I don't mm. think that will affect me, actually. Really? Like, I hope to be done with this game enough by then that I'm going to be like, oh, online's out? Yeah, I'll check it out once and be like, oh, cool. Because <laughs> I played online for Red Dead Redemption 1. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And, and nothing. I don't care about this. Like, as cool as I thought GTA Online was, I'm like, I never, like, got big into it after, like, the first month or two I was playing it. I kept trying to go back and think, have they made it better? No, it's still shitty. Okay. Yep. People are still the worst part of this experience. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I I spent, a, because of Thanksgiving, I spent a lot of time on my Switch in the last couple of days. I, I played Warframe on my Switch, and... I, I, I've been unkind to the Switch in past episodes of this podcast and videos and stuff. I have not been unkind enough, it turns out. Because mm-hmm. Warframe on the Switch is really bad. Because the control for, the controller for that damn thing is bad. Yeah, I, it's that, that game requires too much reaction time for what that controller is like turning to shoot at stuff in that thing is fucking painful i it's yeah i and here we are yeah nintendo once again going with a non-traditional controller as as they're want to do for the last several consoles they they just uh, they like the experiment but it's like you know experimentation not always the best I think I think the jog cons work really well for some things, but they are awful for a lot of sort of what you might consider hardcore gaming. I have definitely reached a point where if Nintendo put out a carrying case for this thing that gave it the Switch controller kind of layout, I would seriously think about buying it. Like and I didn't realize how much like my disdain for this thing's controller controller layouts is what keeps me from playing it. Like, it's the... I think I've reached a point where I'm gonna be a weirdo that once I have all my stuff set up again, my Switch will just live in a dock for the rest of its life until I start going on planes a lot more again. And even then, I'll, like, fucking bring a pro controller with me. I I, I realize, like, it's like, oh, I played some Mario Odyssey on this thing. I didn't thought that was bad. Oh, wait! I had a pro controller for that! Yeah. I didn't use the real controls for this game at all through all that. That's the most I've ever played consistently on this platform and didn't hate it. And it was because I bought a fucking $60 peripheral, essentially, to fix their bad design choice. Yeah. Um, which which uh, which controller did you get? See, I've heard kind of mixed reviews of a lot of the classic controllers or whatever oh, no, pro I, controllers I only they've bought, come like, out with. They have a pro controller. I only... Like, the, the Nintendo has an official pro controller they had for the game... for the, uh, for the um, what's it called? The Wii U. And... Both are fine, traditional gaming-ass controllers at that point. I have not touched any of the weirder stuff for it because I have no interest in any of the weirder stuff for it. Like, it's... The Joy-Cons are bad enough in my book, and I, I'm not breaking down the door to play a bunch of classic Nintendo games on that thing. It's like, oh, I can do that? Neat. Okay. Um, I'm I'm personally a big fan of Hori's controllers, and they're they're the one they have for the Switch looks pretty good. So. Yeah, I uh, the um, what's they're, it called the uh, the Nintendo the Nintendo Pro controller for that is fine. It's it it is as good if not in the same realm as like a Xbox One controller. It it 
it feels okay in your hands. You're not straining to get to buttons. It fixes every issue I have with the Switch's control layout. And it's a big enough thing that I'm like, this should be in the packaging with this shit at this point. Like, it's... I, I get that the whole kind of sell of the Joy-Cons is you can slide them off and they're the same kind of rotation-wise for whoever picks them up, but, like, I, I'm not kidding. If they sold Joy-Cons that gave you, like, mirrored button layouts or the layout they had for the um, Wii U, I'd fucking buy them at this point. I really hmm. would. I, it's that right Joy-Con when it's, in, when it's in kind of portable mode is, for some of my large hands, apparently exceedingly painful and annoying to use and it they feels have, really weird to tiny, say they have tiny buttons yes yeah, they do that's the thing it's like really tiny buttons that surprised me actually a lot like i like picked one up i was like wow these feel like baby controllers i yeah if you sold a carrying case for the switch that turned it into a wii u i would definitely buy it at this point i think like it's it's really weird to say and as someone who's taken a wii u on a plane due to nefarious uh, battery backup means i think i've enjoyed playing that thing more on planes than i've enjoyed playing my switch and stuff i it's i had not touched my switch in a bunch of time and like absence makes the heart grow fonder or in my case like gives you time to like double down on how much you fucking hate holding something and holy shit. Yeah, I, it's it's still a cool idea. I wish they fixed the Joy-Cons. And I, I get it. The Joy-Cons were an intentional choice that I have to be like, okay, I respect this choice, but I do not like this choice at all. Give us buttons we can press. Buttons that don't that aren't so tiny they hurt my fingers. I, when I would I just push take them joysticks in. that aren't like the that aren't like the hand flesh part of my thumb, where it's like, no no, I have to like shift my entire hand down to use this Joy-Con. Great. Yeah, it's it's weird. But, I mean, yeah, it's it's in line with some of the other, you know, not every controller has the analog sticks on the same line. Some of them have them, you know, like... Oh no, and that's fine, as long as my fingers can naturally, like, symmetrically rest on a controller and move accordingly. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, that's not really possible for me on the Wii, on the, on the Switch, I call it the Wii U. Like, and for a game like Warframe, where you play that game with sensitivity turned all the fucking way up because you are just whipping around that camera, it's a big problem for that game. Like, and I, I played some Warframe, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this was not great. Let's go play some of the other games I have on here to see if I'm being a big baby about this. And I realized a bunch of the games I've been positive on for that thing on the go don't require camera controls so it doesn't matter, and I'm like, oh, that's, yeah. Okay, like, Stardew Valley on this thing, great, but then I played Bayonetta 2, and I'm like, right, this is problematic. I love this game normally. Yeah, I I think of the three of us, I'm the only one that owns the Switch still, and like, I, I've never not re kind of regretted buying one, but I never, I'm like, I, I'm never, like, reminded of how much I've disdained for it until I pick it up and try playing it for extended periods of time, where I'm like, right, I do not like this thing. That was me on Thanksgiving where I, I was waiting for stuff to cook and it was like, okay, let's, let's play some Warframe. Let's not do this. Let's not do this at all. And for those curious, I did not import my account from um, the PC version. It's still there, so I got played. I got had to, 
Warframe out looks fine. It, it looks like Warframe on a console, a little, little less uh, beautiful than PS4, Xbox One, but it's Warframe on the go, which is cool, except Warframe on the go requires internet connections, so it's more Warframe on the go to the bathroom, I guess? I don't know. Well, any place that has, like, good Wi-Fi and not, like, coffee shop Wi-Fi. Yeah, but my point's more being, like, I can't pop this thing out and get on a bus and play Warframe mm. on the go, which I would dig. Not on most buses, yeah. no. Most buses do not have Wi-Fi. Yeah, it's the... Unfortunately. I'm not commuting in the um, New York Underground railway system, the subway, well, I forgot the word, subway, playing Warframe, which is like, oh, it's a grindy game that has, like, 10-minute missions. That sounds like a great use of your time in a grindy game, but no. Like, it's... Yeah, I... I know I thought the fact that the Vita had, like, built-in cell phone support, I think, was an odd choice. I, I think for the first time I'm looking at a gadget going, I kind of wish I could put a, like, Verizon SIM card in this shit. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's mostly my week at Thanksgiving. I had a smoked turkey. It was awesome. We had Thanksgiving nice. with um Jen, my girlfriend's family, so... Nice. Yeah, it was small, but fun. I did not laser cut the SWS logo into it as much as Jeff wanted me to. I was not going to mess with my turkey. <laughs> that was meant to feed 20 people, and it very well might. Like, we're, we're, we're what, like almost like four days out from Thanksgiving. I still have half that fucker lying around. <laughs> yeah, no, that's Thanksgiving turkey. It'll, yeah. it'll just keep having more and more. Have either of you cooked a turkey before? Yes. Uh, nope. I'm explaining to people that have never cooked a turkey before. Like, the hassle that is cooking a turkey was a weird part of Thanksgiving. It wasn't... I, I don't know. It wasn't that hard. I mean, mainly it's just, like, I defrosted it for, like, a day and a half or something in the fridge. How big a turkey? It's, it's pretty big. Fair enough, because like, most turkeys take, like, four or five days to actually defrost. <laughs> I don't remember how many days it was. Yeah. I just remember it took a very long time. And then I brought it to, well, all right, so I got it actually as a bonus, as a Christmas bonus. That was my bonus. It was a turkey. So I was like, okay. And so I took it took it to my parents' place and cooked it for my family. I mean, like my, my siblings and stuff. Everybody yeah. was in for the holidays. And so I cooked it up for them. I injected it with a bunch of homemade barbecue sauce, and it turned out pretty well. But yeah, that was that. But yeah, it's it, it wasn't that big of a deal to cook. I just I followed directions. I Yours just may not up. have ever been technically frozen then, which is the big thing. Like it's no, it was frozen. Huh? It was it was dead frozen. Huh? Let me tell you, it was absolutely dead frozen. Yeah, we found ourselves in a situation where there wasn't enough time to, in theory, defrost a turkey of that size Ooh, prior to it getting okay. cooked. And it's like, well, thank God we did this approach. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. If it's not completely defrosted, yeah, I didn't even think you could cook the turkey. Can't. <laughs> that's why we bought a smoked turkey or partially cooked turkey. I'm like, I don't want to deal with this. Like six fucking hours from oven running. Yep. That's been on my end. Who wants to go next? Uh, I can go ahead. So, this is uh my first Thanksgiving away from my family. But yeah, you're. This is your first kind of full Thanksgiving away from home. Yeah, so um, it's weird because have I told you what we do for Thanksgiving in my family? Like, what, nah, what you've never mentioned this one before. 
So my family does a big get-together with all the aunts and uncles that are nearby that can make it. And we have Thanksgiving breakfast and Thanksgiving dinner. So for Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving breakfast, we have, uh, what is it? Uh, Eggs Benedict, Monte Cristo sandwiches, uh, tamales, and what else was it? There's one more thing I can't remember. Oh, French toast. Literally just tons of all of that. Eggs, the whole nine yards. Just a huge breakfast. So you, you go into a food coma early in the morning. And you have time to sleep it off for dinner. So last year, uh, we had turkey, prime rib. We had potatoes, veggies, the whole nine yards, stuffing, everything. Pie. It, it's a big, like, get-together. And the thing is, like, my family, they're all chefs. That's, that's their profession, pretty much. Oh, crazy. So my dad's a chef. Uh, my uncle owns his own restaurant in L.A. Uh, that it, it, I mean, it's a you know little shop that he got, and he's been taking care of for a while, but he has sure. a chef background. My other uncle is a restaurant manager for a big uh, hotel chain. So it's it, a lot of kind of like kitchen slash restaurant food prep experience. Yeah. So when shit goes down, shit goes down. And... It's just always so good. Like, it's just... Uh. So to go from that to eating a shittily cooked T-bone steak at Ooh. a local greasy food diner is shitty. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Does sound depressing. Yeah, it's it's one of the few times of the year I was always like, fuck yeah, this is going to be really good. Like, that I always first, look forward to it. Yeah, my experience with that first major holiday, holiday from home, it's a weird one. You're like, oh, right. Someone else used to do this shit. Got it. Yeah. So, um, next year, we'll probably try to cook something up. I'm not sure yet how that's going to work out. Because I don't really cook. You'd better learn, motherfucker. I need to learn. Yeah. So, um, what else? Uh, so, there's that, which has always been kind of like, interesting but we got through it so that was thanksgiving um my girlfriend's car died which sucks that actually happened a few weeks ago but we've been kind of working around that so we're in the market for looking for a shitty car or a cheap car for her to get around again because yeah it sucks um i i've been recently frustrated with my pc for some reason and i feel it's time to just reformat it and start fresh with windows a nice installation of windows 10 again I, feel, I don't know why, but I just feel that's the thing to do right now. So I might do that this week. But I uh, looked at graphics cards this weekend or like literally yesterday. I have time, I think, for an upgrade to either the 10 or the 2. Um, well, I, need a, I, I still have a 780 GTX, so I might. I've been scoping out some of these 580s uh, that are going on sale. That's um, AMD. Uh, yeah, AMD. Yeah, they're mid-range, but it's fine. Allegedly, they have something coming out in the next year or so that's going to be a big deal. Yeah, but you're always waiting at that point. Yes, I, I, I keep waiting for some of the, like, apparently we're in a weird spot where they make 1070s that are better than most of the 1080s and cost 100 bucks less. So I've actually been looking at 1070s being like, it's, it's basically, if you don't do VR, don't get a 1080. Yeah, you don't need to do it. Yeah. If, if you're not doing anything high level like that, you don't need that. That's why I'm looking at the 580s. And even the 590, which is a relatively new one. Yeah, I have a 980 in my machine, and I guess that's like we're starting to reach a point where the like it's that's starting to be at the low end of what's kind of 
acceptable, and I'm like, huh, maybe it's time. Yeah, I have a I have a 780 in my machine, and it's been it's been pretty powerful. But I do plan on doing some VR development at some point, so I do need a better video card. Yeah, maybe you'll be the one of us gets gets a two uh, what's it 2080 because that seems to be a nightmare world. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh that's pretty much where I'm at when it comes to like the gaming card stuff. I know it's Black Friday and Cyber Monday yep. coming. So, uh, I've, I've been I not to ahead. hijack it, but has anyone else noticed that a bunch of like Cyber Monday deals have been showing up days before Cyber Monday? Oh yeah, that's every time. It, it, I am shit, Black so Friday started weeks ago. Fucking sick uh, of this like pretentious like oh it's because of Black Friday. No, it's because fucking Christmas is coming and we're doing sales. Just like fucking call it a holiday sale at this point. Let's drop any pretense we have of it being linked to a day like. Amazon's like, oh, Cyber Monday. I'm like, shut the fuck up, Amazon. It's Tuesday before Thanksgiving still. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, the, I mean, the thing is, every holiday is starting earlier every year. Eventually, it's just going to be like, there's not going to be actually a beginning or an end to the holidays. It's just going to be all year round. This is going to be always Christmas. It's all. It's either Christmas or it's time to shop for Christmas. There's, there's no other days. I guess. I've. It, I have less of a problem with that than this, like, oh, Black Friday's coming four fucking weeks before Black Friday. It's like, oh, we're doing Black Friday early this year. No, you're starting a sale. Black Friday is a very specific point in time that does not mean what you think it does as a consumer. Yeah, no, pretty much. That's what, that's what it's become at this point, and I kind of just realized that's what it is. So I've been scoping this out early now. Thank you, Reddit build a PC sales. Yeah. But um I have like I said, I have been scoping out some stuff. So there's a list of things I'm thinking about getting. And uh we'll see. Uh one of them is I did end up actually buying the expansion for Stormblood. Or well, Final Fantasy 14 Stormblood. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of playing around with that right now. And it's it's interesting. Like, I'm enjoying it, but I, I, I think I'm kind of out of this MMO crossroads right now. I mm. definitely re-downloaded that game over the weekend. I've not re-subscribed to it, but it's definitely on my laptop again. Hmm. Yeah, so I may I may dabble in that some more. Um, I definitely feel like I want to hit max level at least. Really? On that one, yeah. Just to kind of check out some of the end game. I've been scoping some of the stuff out, and it's actually not bad. And the nice thing is you have one character you can just change your job on. And so you don't have to worry about re-leveling a whole new character. It's literally one character, and you can become everything. So You gotta like that and, character, though. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's also kind of interesting, too, because, like, uh, one of the things I was reading about is they treat, like, professions, like the crafting stuff, like an actual class, like a rogue yeah. or a hunter. Like, they, they're, it's thorough. Like, you gotta get gear, so you can get bonuses to crafting certain things. Like, it's, it's some next-level shit. So I can appreciate that. Um, so I'm going to give that a go. I'll be playing around with that. So I'll probably be doing some live streams of like my first, you know, first impressions and first time experience playing through Final Fantasy XIV uh, Stormblood. So yeah, I'm going to give that a go. Uh, but that's already that was already purchased. Uh, list of things that I'm considering to purchase uh, is uh, Destiny Forsaken. So I may I may get the Forsaken expansion. I know it's on sale for a few more days, but I may get that just to kind of give that a go. Yeah, 
I want to get back to playing Destiny, but also I have a hard time getting back to playing Destiny. <laughs> hmm. Well, I know Blizzard's not too happy, on, or at least Activision's not too happy on how it's done I, overall. Like, we'll talk about this some later, but, like, Anthem put out some stuff that have me going, like, huh, Anthem actually looks promising. Okay. It's just... <laughs> It's just the TA, man. That's my only fear. It's, like, it's Activision, man. Yeah. Anthem is EA. Yeah. No, Anthem's EA. Yes, yeah. but Destiny is Activision. I, it's, oh, I yeah. know. Well, Activision recently has been... I, well, no, we'll no, talk Activision about that. We'll has always it. been. It just makes games that do stupid well, like, like EA does. EA just has a history of doing shitty stuff, and they actually develop stuff in-house where Activision has lots of studios they publish for. So it's not technically Activision's fault when people get mad at stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I feel like Activision is becoming like an old god and slowly leaking into Blizzard. It always has been! Yeah. But now more than ever, which we'll talk about. We'll, we'll get into it quite a bit, actually. Sure! Alright. So we'll, we'll, we'll hold on that one for now. But, um... Let's see, what else? Leave that. So yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye on that one. I'm thinking about getting a new microphone and mix. They're actually switching over to like a USB mixer board. Huh. Maybe do that. Something small to start that can fit on my desk. You know, I nothing can help too with crazy. That. Yeah. Let's see if there's any Black Friday, Cyber Monday sales. So, yeah. um, and that's pretty much it for me. I've been playing. Like I said, I've I've been doing more, splitting my time between WoW and Final Fantasy XIV. Sure. And uh, and uh, actually a little bit. I played some more Walk of Melee because I forgot how much I liked that game. So I went back and played a little bit of Ooh. it. It was fun. That is first a great one game. or the second one? First one. I haven't done the second one yet. I don't. I I want to finish the first one before I even dabble in the second okay. one. Okay. Oh. But Makes I also sense. I kinda I kinda dig that one too, just because like since it's two player, it's one of the games that Mandy and I can play together. So Oh fun. cool. Yeah. yeah. I pl- I pl- I played it two player with somebody and that was definitely a great uh, a great idea. It was super fun to play two player. Yeah. No, it definitely is. So and I think even like I was playing it on PS4, and apparently even on PS4 it's like four player now. Yeah, the new it's, Servo yep. Turbo Turbo Crazy Championship Edition. Yeah, whatever it's four player. Yes, indeed. Cool. Yes, indeed. I've not played it four player, but uh, yeah, that sounds like it'd be super fun. Yeah, doing four player mode on that one sounds fucking blast. Sounds like it'd make it way too easy though, because even with two players. It ended up being fairly easy, and definitely easier than if we were playing with one player. I'll say that. But yeah, um, other than that, that's pretty much what I've been up to. Nothing too exciting. So, yeah. Well, I guess that come, comes around to me, then. Yep, your turn. Alright. Yes, so, gaming-wise, I'm still playing through Darkest Dungeon. I, I'm... St- actually beginning to build up money actually because i'm learning that sometimes you just gotta give up on some of your adventurers yep. you just gotta let them go like <laughs> instead of spending money to try to fix them you just gotta say yeah you're too crazy now i just can't keep you, you gotta take that dog out in the yard shoot him yep i mean oh, that's no. the thing when it's at a certain point especially all right so the worst one of the worst things they can get well that's really annoying anyways is kleptomania once they get that Anytime you come across an item, they have a big chance of stealing it, and you don't. You just don't get that item. You don't get any of that stuff. They just they just steal it, yeah. it for themselves, and it's it's just like it's gone. It didn't exist, and so that that gets annoying really fast. 
So you don't want one like a kleptomaniac in your party because that it, it. I mean, that's the thing. If you don't make it out of the lab, out of each dungeon with at least some sort of profit, you're just hemorrhaging money. But that's that's the interesting thing is you know it, it's become a profit mill. You're you have because in order to continue the game, you have to have a net gain or else you're you're not going to be able to finish out. That's what happened to you the first time. The first time I tried playing, I ran out of money. Ran out of money. And it's just like, well, I guess I guess I can't actually do anything anymore. I mean, you can I mean, you can still get more people, but after a certain point, it's just like if you have no money, they aren't going to survive any expeditions because you can't give them any stuff like food or torches. So, yeah, but on the current game, on my current game, it's 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 actually rolling pretty well. It's actually going pretty well for me, so uh, I'm not that far in it, but it, it's a great game. I'm I'm enjoying it a lot. It's not a game of rapid progress either. No, it is a gradual game. It is, uh, and it is, it, but yeah, it, it's it's definitely a lot of fun. It is. And I like the challenge of it. And I'm still playing on easy mode, essentially. And it's still pretty challenging on what's ostensibly the easiest mode, which is radiant mode. There's three... Uh, there, well, it starts off, you can pick from three difficulties. And so I've just been playing on easy, just so I can get the feel for it. And even that, it's not that easy. It's, I, I can see where it can easily be much more difficult than what I'm playing right now. Uh, but yeah, they yeah, it's that's a lot of fun. So I've been I've been playing mostly that. I haven't I haven't really been buying a lot of or installing a lot of new games. Like, all right, I went ahead and got my free version of Destiny Two because that was available. Fine choice. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, it's it's free, but I haven't played it yet because I am saving my money in or or I'm saving. Yeah, I've been saving money so I can buy a nice new hard drive that it will fit on. So, I've mentioned this before, I'm pretty sure that I have a solid-state hard drive. And so that's what I want for Cyber Monday. I want a good, you know, at least a terabyte size main hard drive. So that I can install all the games that I own. Or at least most of them that I want to play. Is there's still several that are kind of large that I just haven't installed because they're it's I literally yeah. can't fit it on my hard drive. I know the Steam sales happening right now. Is anyone actually picked anything up for that? That's where I got Stormblood. Gotcha. Nope, have not. I'm thinking about it, but I haven't really picked up anything on it yet. I'm looking at some of the games though, definitely. Uh, yeah, I got one game this year from it. Totally. Yeah. I had an awkward moment where I realized I own everything on Steam I think I want to own currently. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of there too. Even though I do try to look through like the you know some of the games that are basically in you know preview mode or whatever yeah. early early access. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's there's not there's yeah there's certain games that I'm definitely interested in. So I mean I I keep a pretty big wish list on Steam to be honest. Yeah. And so there's definitely games on there that I've been waiting to come on sale that are finally more affordable. Like, uh, all right, so even though it's not that much cheaper now than it was, it's a little bit cheaper. Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle is now cheaper than it was. Um, at least it's a little bit off. 
Um, Disgaea Five is is has a good bit off of it now, and I am a big fan of the Disgaea series in general. So that's that's tempting. That's really tempting. Uh, Res is uh, Res is like half price right now, so I'm probably going to pick that up. To be honest, yeah. I, Res is literally one of my favorite. Games. Always buy Res when you have the chance. Uh, Monster Hunter is on sale. Yeah, that's one you should definitely get. It's a third off, which is quite a bit considering it's a fairly new game. It's it's thirty four percent off, and I'm like, mm, uh. How much time am I actually going to put in this game? But luckily, it's you know yeah. you buy it once and you don't have to keep buying it. You know, well, I mean that is it doesn't take a membership or yeah, whatever. There will be DLC, I assume, eventually for it that costs money. I guess there technically has been, but it's been cosmetic stuff. Um, Bay- Bayonetta's on sale, and it, it, I've never played it. I never played it when it came out because huh. I don't have consoles, and so and. It seems like the version of it for the PC is... It's good. It's fine. It's fine. Like, they, they didn't mess up the port, so it's worth playing. Um, there's another game I want to play called Battle Chef Brigade. It's <laughs> it's amazing, and it's, like, half off right now, so, I mean, that's... That game's pretty good. Yeah, that game looks... It just looks so fun, so I, I'm definitely super interested in that. Um, Endless Legend, because I like 4X games... And this one's like way off right now, and I've just heard nothing but good things about it. So, yeah, uh, yeah. There's there's definitely a certain amount of games that I'm I'm definitely thinking about. I mean, that's the thing. It's like when these sales come around, it just it's hard. It's hard to 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 not buy some of these really good games, or at least a game. I mean, I'm thinking about No Man's Sky because it's like half off right now. And with all the new, I know with the newer content, yeah. actually, it seems like a game now. The game that everybody wanted it to be. So. I'm not sure I'd go that far, but I, it's it's definitely more of a game than it was at launch. I think, based on my experiences, both kind of the re-relaunch of it and what that game was at base, like it's $20 is the maximum you should pay for that game, if that. Like, I, it's... That game is more complete now. I don't think it's a good game now, though, either. It's like, okay, this is done. I still don't like it. Hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I guess I've been, instead of playing games, I've been thinking about which games I want to buy and play. So, I mean, that's 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 more... Ah, more yes. the game of yeah. fiscal responsibility. Yes. What, what <laughs> games... Because that's the thing. If I want to buy more hardware, like if especially if I want to buy a new video card, like that's I have to make sure that I don't buy like you know twenty games. That would basically be the cost of that. I could you know? buy all these games I don't actually need or a graphics card. What if yeah. I did both? <laughs> yeah, it's like and also like near automata i mean it's there again and just so many games that i've been thinking about buying and playing but i hardly bought, play the games i own now yeah i know that feeling like uh, it's like it's a, to the point that i like what why do i keep buying these games it's just like a it, by this point it's just like a, it's a compulsive it's a compulsive thing i i i take some pride and i don't own a, i do not own a single game currently I have not spent at least an hour playing. Sometimes it's just that hour, but yeah, I, it's 
Yeah. I have a bar- an embarrassing amount of games that I have no hours in. If you look at my collection, like, see the hours, it's like, oh yeah, most of them, and then then there's quite a few on the end there that's just like, he hasn't even installed this ever. Have you touched that weird point where now there are games showing up in your Steam list that you didn't buy, but because they're, like, giving them away, you're like, oh, you gave away a 100-hour game. Fuck you. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, I got Serious Sam Fusion 2017 beta. I just, it's just in my list now. I, yeah. I just have it. I, yeah. And so, yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely, like, games that are just kind of appearing and it's like, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's, now I have this game as well. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. For, especially when they start putting out stuff like that, which is basically, yeah, they're beta versions of stuff that you can optionally install and download. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty much what I did this week. I mean, not not a whole lot, not a whole lot going on really. Like more eh, Thanksgiving. I didn't do anything for Thanksgiving. I well, where I work, there was a free Thanksgiving buffet, and that was kind of nice. Had some really nice foods because where I work, we're also includes a culinary degree, and so we have a so we have someone there knows what they're doing. Yeah, so we have culinary chefs making this stuff. So it was really, it was really good stuff. It was, I was pretty happy with that. Yeah. And so, but yeah, I didn't do anything actually for for Thanksgiving. It's just, yeah, it's just another day where I don't have to go to work because I have that day off. But yeah, uh, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That means it's news time. I believe yeah. it is. I'm not gonna lie, I half expected to do something weird with it this week, given your other ongoing things. No, no, this part is sacred. Fair enough. Where to begin this week? It's a weird week. Yep. I, for a week that kind of only half happened in the U.S., where a lot of the gaming drama seems to happen. A lot of sh- we have a lot of stuff. Um, just speaking of the U.S., TwitchCon is coming to Europe. Yeah, you get to deal with that nightmare now. Congratulations! It's Yay. all yours. All yours. You can. You can. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's like I watch Twitch and I stream myself, but some of the streams that are super popular, I just don't understand. I do and I don't. I'll say that I do and I then I don't. Why well, understand why they're popular? Mm. It's I, kind of impossible to predict, anyways. Yes, I'm it, not here to judge. I'm just here to inform that from April 13th to April 14th, so two days, TwitchCon Europe will happen in sit at City Cube in Berlin. I don't know what that means or if that's a good convention space or not. I can just give the warning that. I don't think a tw- single TwitchCon in the U.S. has happened without some weird-ass drama happening. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, and, you know, since it's in Europe, but it also will consist of humans, yeah. I imagine there's going to be drama there, too. Yeah, like U.S. TwitchCon, it will have streamer meet-and-greets and some panels and stuff, but I- I- I'm more interested in when we get European VidCon, because that could be mm. a beautiful nightmare. Oh, yeah, because we already have people that head here to VidCon from from other countries as it is, uh, to a certain extent. 
Uh, but yeah, that's yeah. But yeah, uh, congratulations, Europe. Uh, you can now have a, a a convention of of garbage. <laughs> yeah. On for the record, this does not mean the U.S. based uh, TwitchCon is not happening. That will also happen next year. So, yeah. <coughs> the idea of TwitchCon still baffles my mind. Some. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, it it makes sense to me. Oh, it makes sense to me. It's more just a, huh? I can't quite get my brain to wrap my head around it. Like it's. <laughs> It's like, okay, so you're going to go watch a bunch of people that you watch from home in person not doing the thing they do that you watch. Okay. Yeah. Then again, I mean, how many conventions consist of, here's people not playing the parts of, of you know, famous fictional characters you Oh, like. no, and to be fair, I don't get those ones either. Like, when I was going to anime conventions, I was going to kind of anything that wasn't that like I, on, on this podcast we've talked about how like me and Jeff's favorite stuff back then was like bad anime bad that had that was more about just ripping on anime than it was about like oh here's the voice actor for so and so it was the that's cool I'm gonna go be a nerd I'm gonna go be a nerd in a room with a bunch of other nerds that are like yo this anime's terrible let's watch it yeah yeah, yeah well I'm, I'm a big fan of panels at those yeah. anyways so I mean but yeah. So, congratulations, Europe. Yep, you get your own TwitchCon. You're a real media area to care about. Just wait till you get your own VidCon and you have Jake Paul show up there, too. Uh, or Logan Paul, was it? No, Logan Paul. They're both, they're both assholes. They're both wait, terrible people. Wait till the Paul show up. You'll have to have a great time, Europe. Yeah. The Paul show up or do they descend? Like, plague. Mm, ah, descend. descend. I would say descend. And actually, uh, unrelated, but somewhat related, um, I know we have a few listeners out there in Europe, so if you guys know about that convention space that got mentioned for Twitch Europe, let us know. I'm well, curious to see what your opinions are. I, what was the name of that place? What was the name City of the... Cube in Berlin. So I'm assuming... C- that's Germany, City right? I'm assuming, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, Berlin is Germany. Uh, City Cube. Hmm. Dunno. Well, seeing as how Twitch is made of money because it's funded by Amazon, I'm sure... That they would have picked out a good site, but I am curious about it. it sounds interesting, just the name of the site. Yeah, I. Who knows? I've never been to TwitchCon. I've never felt the strong, burning desire to attend a TwitchCon. That being said, for some reason we got invited to one. I would totally go, but that's never going to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and if and if you do uh, head down to Berlin, make sure you let us know how it was riding on the metro. Okay. <laughs> uh, Next up. Riding on the metro. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Next oh. up, uh, that new Pokemon game, Pokemon Let's Go, sure as fuck sold a lot of Switches. Yeah. Yeah, Jeez. holy crap. Apparently that yeah, thing is I... responsible for roughly a sales record of 30 million units worldwide, just kind of based around the sale of that game. Yeah, which matches the first week sales of that game of that console. Yeah, it it literally like doubled the yeah. amount of switches sold. Oh, sorry, you're right. That's the first crazy. week sales of the game selling consoles to play the game matched the lifetime sales of that console. Yeah, it's crazy. But I mean, that just goes to show you, Pokemon basically is is a money printer. Yeah. It just mints money. 
It's just that that franchise will sell anything. You you slap that on pretty much anything, it's gonna sell it. Yeah, this point. and I think this is so. I, there's a lot of things that have Pokemon on them. Big surprise. I I think what's more telling in this one is previously the stuff for Switch that was the must buy was either Super Mario Odyssey or The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, yeah. both which had some weird reactions from the fan community based around those two franchises. I do not think the success of Pokemon on that console is actually a good thing. Hmm. So really, well, all right. So it's now, not a now, bad now thing. Be- it's not a good thing though either. Like it's one of those ones where you have two big Nintendo franchises that I'm not going to say didn't do well. They sold well, but hey, let's go. Pokemon is basically uh, Pokemon Red and Blue. I guess it's, it's technically Pokemon Yellow repackaged, and it. it it's a totally new game. I'm not going to undersell that, but it is it is in so many bizarre ways a remake of an existing game with a lot of kind of cool stuff added. And again, I'm like, I'm not knocking the game. It's got some stuff I think all Pokemon games should have at this point in time. But also, it's not as new as we keep acting like it is, and it links up with fucking Pokemon Go. Yeah, well, well but that's the other thing. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, y- you... Yes, you link your best-selling games and that's brands together. That's not Nintendo together. property. Yeah, that's not I mean, no, technically. Yeah, well, it's Niantic, but Niantic gives a ton of money to Pokemon not and Nintendo to use that. Think. that. Really, that, for that licensing? No, but most I would of think that, that money po- goes to Niantic. Really, because I would have thought that the Pokemon licensing is probably a pretty big cut. I, it's. It's not a small cut, but it's not as big. It's it's a licensing fee. It's not royalties. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I would have thought it was royalties as well. No, I that we talked about this a while back when that game first came out. Like the popularity of that game caused a big jump in Nintendo stock, and Nintendo had to get out there and say, "Um, actually, no, we do not make that much money off Pokemon Go." Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But. They get the money off of Pokemon Let's Go, though. Yep, and this one's weird, because it's definitely not the Pokemon game I want on the Switch. I want a full, realer Pokemon game than this, I guess. Like, it's... You don't battle other Pokemon to capture them. You do the Pokemon Go thing. Which I think That's is lame. a little lame. Yeah. Well, but then again, it does make... I, I think... I think... The Pokemon would actually be better if it was a combination of both approaches to capturing monsters because it's practically like there's an assumption that every single monster you're going to run into, they're all going to fight you. Maybe most of them are actually just not fighting Pokemon and you can just kind of throw a ball at them and you'll catch them. That actually makes a little more sense because most. It's not like we walk outside and every single animal attacks you immediately. Maybe not like, where you oh. live in my neck, but I'm constantly fighting squirrels. <laughs> Fucking right, death out enough. squirrels. <laughs> fair enough. Nah, I, it's... It's proven to be very <laughs> successful. I, I, my fear is that Nintendo kind of looks at this and goes, hey, this did real fucking well. Let's hitch ourselves to this style of game for the foreseeable future. And like, while I don't like Breath of the Wild that much, I do appreciate that they made a very different departure for a Zelda game. Like, I, yeah, I an, open, an open world, a really open world style Zelda game. Like, massively open world style. Yeah, and, like, it's the Switch ain't doing bad, I just also, like, it's 
it's in a weird spot where it's not like I'm not buying a lot of games for it. I know some people are, but it's very hard for me to justify a purchase that's not a Nintendo exclusive on for that thing, unless it's a game I expect to play on the go. And like Warframe, I got because it was free and a novelty at that point. I was kind of curious, but yeah, I, it's. I've played more Fortnite on that thing than I think I've played anything else except Mario Odyssey. Hmm. That's not very much. Moving on from that to something a little bit weirder, I guess. Um, the UK Gaming Commission has come out and clarified that they've never actually said there's a link between loot boxes and exposure to gambling. Hmm. Well, I mean, alright, so that's good. If they If they didn't actually have enough studies to make that proper causal link, then it's best that they clarify. Yeah, so, and this is kind of only news because you have parts of Europe, I think it's Belgium has been the kind of biggest driver on this force, where they've, yep. they've been banning games for kind of lack of adherence to the loot box rules they're now enforcing, and I I guess the media, probably us included, have been running with this idea that, like, yes, the UK Gambling Commission did at one point say, hey, we're going to investigate whether or not we think loot boxes are exposure to gambling, and I think kind of all our assumptions could be played with loot boxes. Is, uh, they're totally fucking gambling. But I yeah, guess, they are. Yeah, the, the findings they found are, yes, they are kind of gambling adjacent, but the numbers they basically threw out is that 15% of a children aged between 11 and 16 are wear skins or have like stuff like skin bedding for video games and stuff, but only 3% of that are actually actively involved in it, which puts it in the weird category of, like, I know I played blackjack and poker in elementary school growing up. Yeah. And that's it, that number. Is but... that exposure to gambling? Yeah. And yes, it is. I mean, yeah. I'd say it is. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you can't... All right, so gambling shouldn't be immediately be this bugbear that's just like, Okay, anything gambling related is immediately bad. Yeah. It's it's context and just and like a lot of things that we have to talk about these things in context. And this is this is the context of not just gambling but gambling when it's obviously targeted at children. Just like we've mentioned, we've discussed this before, like last week, and that when they're actually properly obviously targeting kids with the ads and the way that they make these things seem as if they're just a part of the game rather than an ad or an extra buy-on that's that's dishonest yeah that is definitely dishonest and i think that's really what it comes down to is not that there's this moral panic on gambling so much as there is a moral panic about selling gambling to kids and disguising it in very unscrupulous ways yeah, it's. I am genuinely curious where the conversation on this is going to go because this is the first kind of major thing to land on the side of what I wasn't expecting, and maybe to a certain extent, extent you should expect kind of political outfits to fall wherever the fuck they choose to. And could I totally believe there's some loot box lobbyist out there being like, "Yo, we need this shit, and here's some money to say it's fine." Yeah, absolutely. At the same time, it's surprising. I think if you asked most gamers are loot boxes gambling, I think most of us would say, yeah, they, they basically are. But I guess also at this point, it's also raising the question of, like, is this really kind of, quote, exposure to gambling gambling? And 
I don't know at that point. I don't know what the definition of gambling is at that point, I guess. I mean, and that's what they're saying here, that they they say that it is gambling, that they basically say that, yes, loot boxes are gambling, but they aren't necessarily a gateway to, I guess, what you might consider harder gambling. Yeah, and the kind of idea of, a, is, is our loot boxes skin gambling? It's like, okay, yeah, that's, that is a distinction. You are absolutely right. I had not thought of to make yes. up my mind. I mean, they're the gambling that's more more similar to slot machines rather than, you know, something like poker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's easier to slot machine when you just pull a lever and, like, oh, maybe it'll work this time. Yeah. It's and easy. I, There's less mechanics involved. I mean, and there have been real-life loot boxes for a while. I mean, any... I mean, if you've... And I've just bought just recently even stuff from, like, these, you know, the hidden toy boxes where you don't know which yeah. one you're going to get. I buy those, uh, not regularly, but I have, yeah, I have a good number of them where they were blind box type of stuff. Literally, that's exactly what a loot box is. They cost a certain amount of money, and you don't know what you're going to get. There's a certain chance of getting certain things, and that's pretty much it. But yeah, I, but yeah, it's it's different when it's like I said a part of a game and it's sort of hidden to look like as if it's a required part of the game. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, it's, this is obviously not a divisive end to this conversation. It's kind of an it's interesting evolution and, I guess for me at least, an unexpected official stance on it, I guess, if that makes any sense. Cause I'm not sure, yeah. like, it's... To a certain extent, take a step back. We're fucking talking about whether or not loot boxes are gambling in a world with much bigger problem to a certain extent it's a yeah. what does this fucking matter in the grand spectrum of things and when you take a step back it's it doesn't but yeah, also but it you does. can care you can care about multiple things at the yeah. same time yes that's the thing i see i don't i i never go with that argument of there's more important things so let's not care about this thing i oh, know yeah, me no, neither we can we can care about lots of things all at the same time it's not going to put you out that much yeah so, so yes, so the UK Gambling Commission can think about gambling. That's literally what they're supposed to do. Only if, if only their name implied that they were supposed to do with their free time. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so, yeah. What? So, like, the here right I thought people, they were solving world hunger. Yeah. So we have the right people dealing with these. I mean, in every in every case, it seems like it doesn't seem like, and this is what actually is positive to me. I don't see this has not been treated. In the same level of more of a moral panic, like the Jack Thompson types, you were, you know, you know, what I'm talking about Tipper Gore. Yeah, talk, you know, really, really scaremongering about this stuff. I don't see this the level of scaremongering about loot boxes as I, as I have about other video game related stuff, and that's actually, I think, a positive thing. We don't see them running around saying loot boxes are destroying everything; they're so terrible. No, it looks like they're actually dealing with them in a very even-handed and nuanced fashion that is differing from country to country. And to me, personally, that's very heartening. That means, like, we can deal with issues in video games in an adult manner, in a meaningful adult manner, with that doesn't just consist of scaremongering or trolling or flame wars. Yeah. I mean, this this is very nuanced thinking. I mean, here is, like, a great... this This article you... You've brought up is a is a perfect example of that type of nuance that they are saying that 
we aren't saying that it's a gateway, but we are still labeling it as a type of gambling. Yeah. So that's that's an important distinction. Yeah. And to get away from that scaremongering, that would happen that if you that was assumed. Yeah, you raise a good point. Like the fact that we're handling it as calmly and not outragey and not like fucking burning stuff in the streets like we have in the past with gaming stuff, I think is like that's the best takeaway from this in some ways. Yes. And that's what I've seen about all this stuff so far with loot boxes. None of it has been panicky. Yeah. All of it has been thoughtful, like like actually thought every country that's been I've seen have a discussion about it has done it in a very thoughtful manner, not in a we're gonna bring in all of our loudest pundits to yell about this yeah. way. Uh but using this as a transition point, we're not gonna slide over to another story that we absolutely should be out in the streets rioting and burning shit over. <laughs> and it is that Spyro doesn't have subtitles in it. Yeah, well, what? that's it. Spyro yeah. re-remake, re-release, whatever the hell you want to call it, does not have subtitles in it. And I that's read that bad. too. But that is really bad. The and this is where it gets kind of funny. Like in the kind of like, Compared to what we were just talking about, which has like a nice nuancedness to it, the explanation from Activision as to why it doesn't is the most kind of comically corrupt, mustache-twirling answer possible. It Init is. Initially, it was, there's no industry standard to it, which people called fucking bullshit on. No. And then they backtracked it to, well, the original Spyros didn't have subtitles, and we're trying to keep it true to the original Spyros. Yeah, I mean, Which I just come on. fucking love. Come on, come on. That's that is such a ridiculous excuse. They just uh, come on. Just admit it. You you churned it out as quickly as you as you could for money. You you did it as quickly as you could for money. Oh yeah. And and, and in case anybody's missing exactly why we're we're mainly upset about. It, I mean, this is this is this thing about you know about you know people with. For example, hearing issues that want to play a game, they're just gonna entirely miss what's going on yeah. in those in the in those cinematics. Like, and those cinematics, Sapphiro, are pretty important to the actual story of the game. So you just won't understand what's going on. Uh, and to make it even funnier, I guess there were subtitles in the original Spyro two and three that are part. Oh of yeah, just aren't in the game. Yeah, there are. There are. There are. Absolutely, there are. And they just didn't put them into the into this re-release. So, so we have to look at it like this. There's a better way to approach this. Activision didn't put captions in. They just proved they hate the deaf community and don't want them to play the games. So, if you are deaf, or sorry, not deaf, but whatever. Yeah, if you can't. Yeah, if you're deaf and you can't hear what's going on, just don't buy an Activision game. They just made it that much easier well, so, for and you this is to the, know not to give them their this business. This is the weirdest yep. part of this. So, do you know what game from Activision has, like, above and beyond support for the he hearing impaired? What game? Fucking Call of Duty. Mm. Like, down to it's got stuff where they'll have subtitles and you drop into a game mode. They'll have a subtitle for what fucking game mode the announcer just announced it is. Yep. Mm. Which, again, like, doesn't make it better, but it's also a, no, as a company, you've obviously thought of this before. Yeah, you just got lazy here yep. for a cash grab. Just yeah. admit it. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just, let's do the most reasonable thing. Activision hates the deaf. 
and that's why they didn't put subtitles. I, 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 will, when, I will let you go that path on this one. And, and, <laughs> and I'll say this extra. As a developer myself, if you don't know how to put text on a screen, what are you doing in development? Yeah, as someone if who's you don't in the payment industry, the idea of letters, subtitling is easy. Come on! I Putting letters on the screen, like... Especially at, in cinematics? In the cinematic, just in general, just... Let's just say that the layer, or at the point in, like, 3D generation that you'd be even adding text on top, it's just, uh, yeah. it's just, I, I, yeah. you could do that, you could literally do that with a shader, you could do, you could add in text with a shader if you needed to, I mean, it's just ridiculous, that just, come on. Like uh, that is a like a pixel shader. If you if you you could actually write in text into any three D thing just using a a pixel shader. Just just use a pixel shader to create your text in there. I mean, come on, it's so ridiculous. But it's I mean, my I, I, money, and I need it now. It's well, not like it's not like we're dealing with the, like a Sega Master System and some sort of weird bespoke hardware. We're, we're not. We're dealing with basically PCs now. So, I mean, come on. Yeah. Get with I, it. Kind of in the same vein as how ridiculous this whole situation is. Um, either of you two H1Z1 fans? Nope. Mm, eh. Were either of you uh, aware that there's an esports league built up around that game? Nope. Well, it's collapsed. Yeah? Okay. What a shocker. Because the players teams were going unpaid for it. <laughs> Mostly for me, it's this almost... was I didn't know H1Z1 had an esports league. Me neither. Yeah, it's so... almost like a game that just came out of alpha for into a beta after being in alpha for how many I... years now? Yeah. Yep. Yep. What? They don't have an established esports league set up, and they're not paying their players. Well, color me surprised. Yeah. Well, you, well, isn't. That's the same creator as PUBG, right? No. no. Or people that worked on H1Z1, or is that a... No, hold on. So, so the original one was a mod for uh, Arma, Arma 2. Yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. Arma. Yeah. That became what H1Z1... Which is has admittedly converted to a Battle Royale mode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, And that's part of the mystifying part of Player Unknown because... There were cheaper ways to play a battle royale mode that was, in some cases, further along than that game was. But I, there's not much more to say on this one except video games are weird, apparently. Yep, and just maybe esports shouldn't be everything. Those guys should just move on. Those players should just move on to playing totally accurate battlegrounds and 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 get the same play. Yeah, get the same experience. Yeah. Kind of continuing our trend of, okay, that's a thing. Um, I remember last week we talked about how they were changing some stuff in Rainbow Six Siege, those upsetting players for the international market. Yeah. They're yeah. not doing that anymore. They're like, we're, well, I guess we won't do that after all. Yeah. I, I, my reaction on this one is like, okay, you said you were doing this, now you've walked it back. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, in hindsight, I'm not sure I cared that much you were taking this stuff out, but I also don't play that game. Like, some of the stuff was, okay, whatever. At the same time, I like skulls in video games, and when you go after skulls in video games because a certain market's not, it does not like skulls, that feels a little weird, but yeah, that's not changing anymore, so 
<laughs> the explanation they got they gave was like splitting it up into the global version versus the already existing version was problematic. And I'm like, no. People seemed really upset about this, and you're not sure how well it will do in other markets. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> well it's dumb. Well, the thing is, I mean, at least that does mean that companies are continuing to listen to consumer outrage. My, though I'll just throw an aside on here about that. I hope that they don't. I want. I guess I'm kind of in the middle here. I want companies to respond to the consumers, but I also don't want companies' entire direction being directed by like yeah ten ten angry consumers out of the thousands of consumers. Yep. Yeah, I don't want their entire direction to be held by like 1% of their consumer base. Yep. That, that, but anyways, that was just a little aside. Yeah, so do you two want to do Blizzard or Bethesda next? Let's do Bethesda and then we'll transition. Okay, so um, yeah. Fallout 76 has been out, what, now three weeks when this goes up, more or less? Mm -hmm. That's about right, yeah. Fairly recently. Uh, it's... It's been a bit of a rough road for that game. Uh, a lot of kind of hilarity has ensued. By hilarity, I mean problems. You nope. had the invincible player who was posting about how much it sucked being invincible and now is pissed that he's no longer invincible, which is a whole separate people are dumb. Wait, he was <laughs> invincible? How? His character could not die. Why? A glitch in the game. There was something like Bethesda fixed it. And now he's pissed he's no longer a... Und a, a Fallout World God, but I, it's you have the Fallout 76 patch for the PS4 that was fucking 47 gigs. Which is awesome. Which is basically a fresh install of the game. Just reinstall the game. Yeah, it's it's 6 gigs off from being the original install of that game. And on PC and Xbox it was uh, 15 gigs, which is still not nothing, but not quite as insane. Yeah. At this point, if your patch is almost the same as your file size, you're essentially re reinstalling the entire yeah, fucking no, that, game because there's no, it's like a, it's just a, a core issue. Yep, yep. And kind of the icing on the cake, I guess, for this one is, and this will speak to kind of maybe some other stuff that's going on with that company at this point. Uh, someone contacted Bethesda support. They said, "Hey, I want a refund," and maybe they were out of line saying this. They said, "Sure, we'll basically give you one." And then a day later, we're like, actually, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> okay. On one hand, like, I, I think it's one of those ones where it's the, I've never heard of a game company offering refunds for their games that, like, that, from that methodology. On the other hand, maybe give this one person a refund because you said you would and keep this yeah. becoming a big deal. And then, like, yeah. quickly change. Like, quickly and scummily change your user agreement to basically be like, Bethesda no longer offers uh, fucking refunds. Yep. But, so, what this does speak to, and kind of, it, it, I'm going to be a little kind of reading into this one, extrapolate a little bit from what this is, that game's biggest criticism is how little there is to do once you're in it. There's not a lot of kind of yeah. quote, Fallout stuff. Yeah. That's what I've heard, too. It's just, it seems like, you you create your dolly to put in the game, and then it's just like, well, I'm I'm in a game now, I guess. Yeah, it's not devoid of things to do, but at the same time, what there is 
is almost a free-to-play level game's amount of in-game purchases you can make via Bethesda's new store. For real mm. money! Yep. Hmm. And while none of those are major just yet, the fact that they're already offering almost a 50% discount on this game on a bunch of platforms, yep. I think kind of speaks to the idea of the point of this game was to get in people's hands and to get you paying money for it. Yep. Yeah, that sounds pretty fucking accurate. I personally would bet money that by the next six months we'll see Fallout 76 go free to play. Mm. Mm. Yeah, or, you, know, you know? Or it'll be 76% off the original price. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I I feel like that might be a thing uh, that, like, Bethesda, oh, we're offering a 76% discount because, haha, we're clever. Yep. Ha-ha. And at that point, I will take all my credit, Bethesda. You can send me a free copy. Uh, yeah, I. It's real weird following that game as someone who's like, oh, this is bad, but like, not for me because it's not the game I want. And now, like, it's the wow, this has gone places I never expected it was going to go. Like, at this point, I'm just like, I'm just eating popcorn, waiting to see what comes next. Oh no, my my one of my favorite things the last couple of weeks has been news outlets that like covered Fallout 76 in real positive ways frequently. Mm-hmm. kind of eating crow and posting articles about what the reality of Fallout 76 is and, like, having links to their positive articles, but, like, linked in, like, sarcastic or, like, yeah, in the past we were, like, super enthused about this idea, and now we're playing it. Here's that mm. article. Here's what the reality is. I mean, and... And the thing is, all right, so this is a, a long topic all on its own, so I'm yeah. not really going to go too far into it, but the, making an online, this this idea of just being able to make a, just any sort of a online sort of soap or a sandbox-ish game, it's, there's too much thinking that all you have to do is just, I just create a world and I just dump people in it and that's all it takes, and I mean, it's, it's harder to just make, I mean, that's the thing. You have to give people a good purpose and a good reason to be in that world for one yep. thing. It's, just, it's not enough to just make a world. You have to have a world that's engaging for people to actually want to be a part of it. If there's, if there's just, like, a lack of things to, that actually take advantage of being online or things that take advantage of it being a multiplayer game or whatever, if, if you don't have enough of that stuff, then why did you make the game a multi? multiplayer online game in the first place it's just i think it's too much thought of as sort of just like a magic a magic addition you just add this to the game i mean they did this with assassin's creed unity too. add networking to a game automatic winner and that's not even remotely true yeah i will say there are exceptions to the rule on like a game that you can make that doesn't really have like a, a story or anything really driven. It's just the environment itself that really works out. Like um Gary's was it Gary's mod was just kind of this weird Well that's a toy box. That's not a game. I I would beg to differ. I think it, it goes right into it's it, it becomes its own crazy thing because of it. 
like it, the sandbox environment lets you create kind of this crazy sort of game but like there's a lot of really cool stuff that's come out of gary's mod i mean you uh, can make something with gary's you can make something with gary's mod but gary's mod itself not a game it's a tool for making games. Yeah, I would say Gary's Mod's more akin to a level editor than anything else. Yes, it's a level editor. It's a tool. It's not a game in itself. You can make games with it, but it'd be like calling Unreal Engine a game. Unreal Engine, not a game on its own. It's an engine for making games. Mm, Alright, I could see that. Okay. Yeah, Gary's Mod on its own, there's not something... You don't just boot it up and play the game. You build stuff with it. I mean, for instance, I would call Legos a toy, but I would not call them a game. Okay. Like they aren't they aren't a game board like the game of life or Monopoly or something. They're a tool for building things. And that's the same thing for Gary's mod. But that's yeah, but my point is just that if you're gonna make an online world, you'd better put things in the online world that take advantage of it being online. If you don't, then you might as well have not made an online game. Yeah. I think there's just too many games that are made online for the purpose of they I... should be on of the thought that Every game should be online, and that's not even remotely true. Oh, yeah, no, and I think this is one of those ones where it's the... We've had too many games, maybe Star Citizen is kind of what I go to as an example on this one, where the game came out, and it's technically a game, it is enough of a game that you go, yeah, this is a game, and yeah. they then patch it into what it was supposed to be later. Like, I, I have, within reasonable doubt, I believe that, like, a year from now, Fallout 76 might and will probably be what people thought that game was. And kind of a rare twist for me when people ask, like, hey, what do you think of Fallout 76 at, at launch? I'm like, you should temper your expectations. It's never yeah. going to be for me, but if you're a hardcore Fallout fan, like, maybe there's something in there for you, but, like, don't go in expecting Fallout 4 or even Fallout 3. Like, it's not that, and I don't know if it will be, but... This sure is fucking a weird, weird, weird way. It feels like you got people to pay for a beta again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Lizard time. Ah, uh, yeah. Let me let me get myself in the mental space for this here. <laughs> I, I just I, I I need to channel my inner nerd rage. Let me. Okay. So, Blizzard news. Um, so last week we've talked about kind of the whole crazy stuff with Diablo and all this. It's been an ongoing topic for the last couple of weeks now. Yeah, it's Recently, hard to avoid even. Yes. Um, it turns out that the, there's more and more layers to this whole thing that's been going on. And, uh, it looks like, uh, Jason, was it Schreier? I think so. I think, if I, if I butchered his name, I'm sorry. It's Schreier, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, who's apparently been known to be kind of an asshole, but also relatively um, pretty consistent for the most part when it comes to some of these leaked things and things like that. I think he has, some of his history, he had revealed some good Smash details and things like that. So as far as somewhat trustworthy, he's kind of up there, at least from what I've heard. Um, mm. Apparently, he's talked to a lot of current and former... Uh, Blizzard employees, so he's gotten quite a bit of information as far as what's kind of going on and things like that. So, um, and apparently, I guess when people looked into it, the timeline's kind of that up. Um, so it looks like there was a Diablo, 
there was a second Diablo 3 expansion being worked on. Let, let me just, let's go through the timeline of events that were going on. So, um, obviously the, the original Diablo 3 came out, which was a mess. Uh, there was a lot of issues with that here and there. Um, so they were working on a second expansion. And at that point, I, I guess from what I, what they were saying was that the company itself lost confidence in Diablo 3 as a whole. Um, even after Reaper of Souls came out, which fixed a lot of stuff. Um, it's, it, it, it just, they lost faith in it. So they decided to scrap the second expansion for Diablo 3 altogether and just say, we're going to start with Diablo 4. So Diablo 4 has taken on a couple different visions so far. One of them being that one of the original guys was working on it, but was going to take the game in a whole new direction. Um, it was going to transform Diablo 4 into a Dark Souls-esque third-person over-the-shoulder dungeon crawler game. Hmm. So it was this weird evolution of like where it was going to go, and then that project got scrapped. And one of the guys who was in charge ended up leaving the company. Um, team 3, which was the team responsible for Diablo, uh, kind of got dispersed. A couple different guys got moved around to different departments and different teams. And whoever was left over put out the expansion, or the rather, the Rise of the Necromancer pack that came out for Diablo 3. Which would explain why there was no actual expansion, but rather it was a add-on pack. Um, it seems like just a lot of people in general were... Um, it was just that the company itself had lost faith in the Diablo brand for a while, it seemed. Um, and yeah. Admittedly, not Diablo without a decent was... reason. Like, that Diablo 3 no. launch was complicated well between the error 37 memes and then the auction auction house fiasco and everything like that it was yeah. as, as far as blizzard goes they deemed it a failure like even i said though reaper very souls, complicated launch yeah even though reaper souls did address a lot of solid issues it was in their eyes a failure so um Part of the reason things have been kind of scrapped a few times now, because that idea got scrapped, which I believe was called, they had a name for it. Um, they always give themselves pretty cool names like Titan and things like that. So it looks like the name for this project was, and where was that? Uh, I know what the newer one was Fenris, which is the one they're working on now, mm. uh, which is supposed to be an actual Diablo 4 successor. Um, really? Yes, so apparently that is somehow being worked on, but the thing is, like, so Blizzard, Blizzard is, I, I will say to their credit, they, they keep things tight-lipped usually until they have some sort of public demo, yeah. and that's usually kind of been how they go about it, um, and it's mainly because they don't want to get burned because you have stories of, uh, like, StarCraft Ghost getting canceled, and a lot of people were really looking forward to that. So that stuff haunts them and lingers them. Not to mention, you had Titan, which also got canceled. But part of that team did kind of move on to go make Overwatch, which is kind of a good, you know, a huge success for them. Um, so, yeah, it's been this whole weird thing. And apparently there's just, like, a lot of internal strength in terms of what kind of been going on with Diablo. Like, they're not, like... Blizzard's just kind of in a weird place right now, and I gotta give them credit for like wanting to like really be particular about this kind of stuff. But it's yeah, they've been like dancing around, and it's just kind of awkward. So, um, Immortal is something obviously that they kind of pressed on, but it even looks now recently with all the 
stuff that's been going on. Um, a lot of the team that's been working on Immortal seems to have moved on to work to another unspecified project. Um, mm. That's Diablo-related. And it looks like they have a lot of the interns now mainly focusing on Immortal is what some of the uh, some of the stuff that he's been saying and what they've talked about. Um, but it's also the culture recently in Blizzard has been also kind of odd. Because remember we talked about how Activision is slowly seeping into Blizzard like an old god and yeah. pushing its influence. So a lot of the... Um, we talked about it before with a lot of their salary stuff recently getting changed around where they lost their bonuses and things like that. Yeah. Um, Blizzard themselves actually recently brought in a CFO who is from Activision themselves. It's not mm. one of their new hires. It's one person who recently showed up. And um, I think one of the first times in ages, they've actually said, hey, one of our main goals now is cutting costs. So for a lot of people who've worked at Blizzard for a long time, it's been very much a culture shock now because it's like, we still want you to crush it and do all this, but now you need to do it with a lot less. So, yeah. um, which also kind of ties into an interesting relationship that they mentioned where uh, Mike Morheim, the guy who was there before, the president of uh, Blizzard, who stepped down recently, um, mm -hmm. a lot of people refer to him as kind of the anti-CEO because his focus is always on like, let's make players happy, let's do this. Um, yeah. he, he was like, he, he's very interesting influence on this. And that was kind of his focus. So the fact that he's recently also stepped down, um, a lot of the rumors flying around that were involving, well, it's kind of butting heads now with where Activision wants to take the company. Um, so it's, it's just kind of this weird place where they've been really scrambled. So the reason, I mean, like you hear, like, I, I just, there's this weird internal crazy thing going on right now, it sounds like. And it makes sense because it really showed up in that whole Diablo Immortal like presentation at BlizzCon. Like, it yeah. just really seemed out of place. And it seemed really fucking weird and just odd in general. Like, that, that was how they wanted to go with it. And so the rumors between, like, well, they, they had something to show, but they don't. Like, Blizzard has a, a history of... We don't announce something until we have a playable demo at BlizzCon kind of thing. And that is yeah. true. They, for their, they've been very consistent with that. Even with like WoW expansions, they've always had that stuff available. I remember going to BlizzCon and they announced um, the expansion that released the, what was it, Goblins and Worgen. And you could play the opening zones right then and there that same day. Like it was, it's been kind of their whole thing. So, um, a lot of the stuff recently kind of feels like it it's just mainly dealing to like a culture shift in general within Blizzard and a lot of kind of internal loss of confidence with the Diablo franchise. So um yeah, no, there's just you know, I think there's even more to that. So, mm -hmm. you know, they recently did the WoW Classic thing. I think it's because they're realizing that the WoW Cash Cow is going to wind down, and so oh, well, it, has. it has a couple times. Well, I mean, it, it, it has. already, but I mean, in a much bigger way than it has in the past. That is, they're really seeing an end line to to it when they haven't been even maybe considering that in the past. That they're really seeing possibly an end to that cash cow because that's been funding everything to, for a while. Not now, but it had been. I still think yeah. now it's. It and Hearthstone are a major component oh, of how that absolutely. studio stays around. 
Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so the thing also with Diablo is they haven't found a way to monetize Diablo where it's profitable. Like yeah. you have with Hearthstone, you have obviously the packs of cards you buy. With yeah. World of Warcraft, you have monthly subscription coming in. On top of that, you have the special pets and mounts that people can buy and the yeah. services. Yep. Heroes of the Storm is a failure. Um, yep. And a lot of um, them have talked about how... I don't think it's a no, failure it's, failure. Compared to what the, the penetration of the market they wanted to make, yeah, yeah. Heroes also, of the Storm is a failure. I think... I, I, did someone think that thing was going to take on like uh, League of Legends and Dota 2? Maybe. Was that a realist expectation? No. No. <laughs> I do not get the impression that in the grand spectrum of things, that game was as much of a failure as we keep acting like it is. Like it's it is the MOBA for people that don't want to play the other two major MOBAs. Yeah. So so as far as Blizzard standards go, it's a failure. I, I understand the Blizzard standard is a part of this. I also think that like they wouldn't keep re they wouldn't keep releasing stuff for it if it was a total failure in their book. If they put a new character. Yeah. Yeah, but compared to the previous years where they've released at least two new characters every time. Is it slowing? Sure. Are they also running out of characters from other games to put in? Also a little bit. Well, they yeah. created a new character that's for what, this last one. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're, they're making new characters for it. Like, it's the, historically, that game has been nothing but characters from their other franchises. Like, which yeah, is unless why you're going to start putting Black Destiny Thorn. and Call of Duty characters in there, which would be cool. No, Blackthorn and the Lost Vikings need to find their way in there. They are. They are? I'm pretty yeah, sure they are. the Lost Vikings are. I'm not sure about Black Thorn. The Vikings are. Yeah. Vikings are they in are? there. Yeah. Yes, they are. See, and that just comes to show you that even though it's been around, <laughs> even someone who's looking for characters that we like, oh yeah, that's an old, you know, Blizzard franchise, even they don't know. Yeah, yeah. but also like I don't care about MOBAs, so it's not a fair Yeah. Well MOBAs is also kind of a I, I personally think unless you're a League of Legends, most MOBAs are just gonna create and die. Like I like Smite because I like the way it plays and all that stuff, but compared yeah. to League, no, it's not happening. I think Blackthorn so, is also in Heroes of the Storm. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, he's a playable character. Yes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh. looking for, I'm now looking for him. Is that, for that's... Tissot, though, if you wanted. <laughs> oh, no, he, he was announced. He's not shown up. Oh, okay. I, I guess he was still under discussion at BlizzCon 2017, but dating all the way back to 2013 uh he was listed as a character that would be coming to that game i found the lost vikings that's yep. impressive actually um honestly i'm i'm pretty impressed with that um a lot of uh, a lot more that that's i just haven't been keeping track of heroes i like mobas but i just have not yeah, kept track I, of this one at all is it that's a moba you should spend your time keeping track of i don't know i I haven't played it, yeah. so I can't say anything about it. As far as how you know how yeah, good of a I, game it, is it? It's not League of Legends. It's not Dota Two. Like it's the, the there's no giant esports arenas being built to play this game the way they're playing Overwatch. But also, like you launch this game into a very saturated market with two giant monsters in it already. Yeah, I, I don't think it's fair to go like, oh, we didn't beat the other two that have like multi-billion dollar empires built around them right now so it's yeah. a failure i sorry we're getting way off track at this point i just wanted to <laughs> yeah i i don't care about heroes of the storm but the idea it's like oh it's a failure no it's fucking not it's still making them money too just maybe not the amount of money they had I, i'm sure there's a chart at blizzard that was like 
all of the money equals Heroes of the Storm, and when it didn't do that, they're like, oh, failure. And I'm like, it's still making you lots of money. Just not buckets? Not the same amount of buckets of money? Tales of money, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry, continue. Mm -hmm. So, um... So between that and by the way, I found the name of that project. The old the project where the Dark Souls S Diablo take yep. was called Hades, and that one got canceled. So mm. um, there have recently been some new uh, job postings for uh, an unannounced Diablo project. So they are in fact working on multiple Diablo projects, as they've been saying several times. Um, well, yeah, and it looks for, like uh, that one for phones. Yeah, well, no, I mean like other than like Immortal, like there's 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 actually other workings it looks like on here but yeah it looks like there was a lot of strife which is explains why it's been so quiet with blizzard uh in terms of diablo just because like they they feel like currently the diablo name is kind of just a meme in terms of like what happened with launch and all the issues with it so um they're looking for a way to kind of come out with diablo 4 there's apparently some, there, there's something going on with it right now, and I guess they, they really wanted to go back to that dark story or like just the embrace the darkness is one of their pillars, sure. I believe they were saying on there. So, um, but it's, it's, there's nothing near ready for that right now. Sure. Hmm. So, um, but yeah, they did post something for a systems designer and a composer, audio composer. Yeah. So hmm. they're, they're working on something, but yeah, it looks like there was a lot. Other than just like, oh, well, we'll work on an immortal. Looks like there was a lot of happenings on the back end, not just with Diablo in general, but just with the culture itself at Blizzard, it seems. So, mm. with like the bonuses stuff changing and Diablo's second expansion or Diablo 3's second expansion just getting canceled, uh, people getting shipped around. The Team 3 was the actual main project uh, or team that was working on that, and they just got all dispersed or a good chunk of them did. So, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot going on with that. <laughs> so um, there's also, you know, since they they also mentioned in their previous interview, hey, we're working on multiple Diablo or multiple projects all over the place. Um, looks like they're working on a Pokemon Go inspired Warcraft game on mobile as well. So. I guess because a lot of Blizzard developers played Pokemon Go at work, because that orc statue on their campus is, I guess, a Pokestop or something. So, um, yeah, at least from what they were talking about, what is it? Uh, some Blizzard developers are genuinely excited to make mobile games, so it is very much that change as well. Uh, let's see what else here. What did I miss? Um... Yeah, Project Hades Diablo game. Fenris is the current one, early development, uh, which probably won't. I've, there's rumors saying that it won't launch until 2020, maybe. So that'll be interesting to go, but they're keeping it really tight lipped because of Titan. Uh, yeah. And I guess overall, I mean, it's just there's a lot going on behind the scenes, which makes a lot of sense, I think. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but it, it definitely puts into perspective why Diablo's been what it's been as of late and why like it was just felt like it was so what is it I want to say consumer blind into maybe thinking like announcing a mobile game for your hardcore PC players yeah I was just went through so many people and it's like yeah no let's go with that I it's so I've never had the love for Blizzard lots of people have they've made some games I've been a big fan of they've made some games that 
I was kind of eh on. And like honestly, if you asked like, if you asked me kind of where my perspective on Blizzard from they're one of the good ones to they're just another development studio shifted, I'd probably say something like it was either around the time Heroes of the Storm came out or when they did the auction house for Diablo 3, whichever of those happened first, and then the other one kind of cemented my view on it, where it's like, it was too, like, Heroes of the Storm is a cash grabby, we're totally trying, like, in the weirdest way possible, it's the, okay, Dota comes from a game mod made in one of your games. The, the fact yeah. that you guys weren't smart enough to buy that shit is a weird choice. And the fact that you're now putting out this imitation of an imitation of an imitation kind of is a absolutely kind of weird like three-dimensional chess mistake on someone's part and but at the same time fucking everyone was making a MOBA when that thing came out so yep like yeah again i can see the whiteboard of what if we just made the MOBA that people already were playing and put that blizzard spin on it and again like here's the storm isn't bad like fucking hero, like Hearthstone proves the Blizzard world will sell stuff that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what Blizzard has done with it previously. Like that thing is a stupidly big success. At the same time, it was Magic the Gathering on phones and PCs before there was a good Magic the Gathering on phones and PCs. Like if its competitor was the shitty Yu-Gi-Oh video games, really, and those were shitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, what's it going to go? Oh, Dark Eye. Ooh, Judgment Eye. That's a gimmick. <laughs> it's like, honestly, the last time that, again, like, it's the. I've never cared about the Diablo franchise. Diablo 3 on PS4 is my favorite Diablo game. And I know that's heresy to a bunch of Diablo fans out there. Like, I never cared more about that franchise. Then when I bought Diablo 4 for like 25 bucks on video game Black Friday off some website, and I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. Neat. So this idea that it's like, oh, it's just happening that Blizzard's not being, quote, old school Blizzard, I think people have been lying to themselves for for a while, and you've had numerous examples in the past, like Hearthstone, Here's the Storm, the Auction House fiasco, some of the stuff they've done to WoW, where it's like, okay, someone let some business people touch the whiteboard again, and they just wrote the words <laughs> MONEY in giant letters across <laughs> whatever anyone was doing previously, and I, I think it's kind of, it's one of those things where also, like, think back to the first, like, three or four years of World of Warcraft, where the conversation was, will Blizzard ever make another video game ever again? Hmm. Like, is that hmm. studio just doing well, WoW? I mean, the it, it makes sense too, because like some of the things that some of the employees were talking about is this is one of the first years that Blizzard has been saying, "Hey, we want to cut costs and also show growth." That's never been a discussion apparently before at Blizzard in terms of a culture, and this just recently started showing up. No, and I, I and also teamed up with the fact that they have a new CFO who came from Activision. It's I I think for the first time kind of in Blizzard's history since it became. Blizzard, yeah. they've had to actually act like a game studio. Yeah, like, and it's it's one of those things where it's like maybe the writing was on the wall back when it became Blizzard Activision. Like that was back in what two thousand eight or something like that. Where like 
may- maybe we should have assumed then it's like, okay, it's not going to be tomorrow, but this mythical blizzard we've come up with, it's dead. Eventually, Activision is going to leak through whatever cracks are in their wall, and the black goo is going to get into the CFO or the CEO or whoever really runs this ship's brain, and we're going to walk in one day and management's going to be there in a suit going, MONEY! And then the kind of, and then we'll be done for. And, but also, like, really, when's the last time Blizzard had to work like a game studio prior to this point in time? Like, it's the, Overwatch is doing fucking great, but also, Overwatch is rife with microtransactions. It's loot boxes, loot boxes, loot boxes. And you have a bunch of countries where that game is really popular going, okay, maybe we want to have an opinion about loot boxes now. <laughs> yeah. Like, you have Diablo 3 that did sales-wise well, but it wasn't monetized, as you said, and had this giant fiasco of the auction house where it's like, okay, yeah, that way we were going to make money off this game, mm, didn't work out so great. Yeah. And it kind of killed the community around it. And so now you're at a point where it's the okay, WoW isn't making gallons of money anymore. It's still making a lot of money and will keep us going for the foreseeable future. But we have to, like, WoW 2 will never happen. It just, it's, the climate has changed. Yeah. Our, our MOBA didn't take off. Our card game, which is still making money hand over fist, has actual competitors out there that, seem to do okay, and people spend a lot less time pissed off at, apparently. Like, the, the the resentment towards Hearthstone has grown as other options have presented themselves, and... Well, now now Magic the Gathering is back in the yeah. online game, so, I mean, that's a, that's a huge yeah. one. You, you have the game that they were kind of going, oh, look, we're on a phone against, actually on phones now and shit, where it's like, oh, mm, we didn't think this one through, and, like, I don't play Hearthstone anymore. I played it very briefly on my phone, what I do play is the weird Warhammer 40k Hearthstone knockoff, like, <laughs> which is not a great game, but I find it fun because it's got cool stuff going. That's an IP I care more about. Like, it's the enough Hearthstone clones exist now where it's like, okay, we're not the only thing in this game that's good enough to play. We made the thing that now everyone's ripping off a little bit, and like, Legion, like it's the so you have World of Warcraft, Cataclysm. They got away with, hey, we changed a bunch of shit. So people were like, oh, cool, you changed a bunch of shit. And then Draenor happened, and people went, huh, maybe I don't want to play WoW anymore. And then you had Legion happen, people were like, oh, shit, they're back. That expansion was just bad. It's cool again. And now you have what we're in currently now, which is what? It's Battle for Azeroth? Yeah. Where, again, people are like, okay, this expansion was bad after a really good expansion. Is this how it's going to be for the next couple cycles where it goes good expansion, bad expansion? And maybe I don't want to play WoW anymore. It's the purely guesstimating at this point, but I'm pretty sure the harder core community of the two factions there is the Horde community. And you now have a bunch of Horde players going, I don't like where my faction's going and I have no way of controlling this. But hey, that Final Fantasy game looks good. That uh, Black Desert Online game looks okay. That Destiny thing is kind of an MMO. Warframe has guns and swords. Like, again, you have alternatives to a community-driven MMO-like thing that you just didn't for a long period of time. Like, like, the number of, quote, WoW killers that came and went, and now it's like, it's not about killing WoW. 
It's about yep. doing something else people want to play in the same way, and other people are doing it. Yeah. So again, it's like it's the it's not some like, oh, we're not making money. It's we're making money, but we built our entire infrastructure based around making all of the money, and now we're not, and we're like, it's the this has been a long-winded way of getting to I don't totally believe Blizzard knows how to make a modern video game. <laughs> like, mm. StarCraft 2 happened, it was cool for two years, and then the community for that franchise went back to StarCraft 1. Hmm. 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 That's interesting. That That is an interesting way to like, look at it. I will give you that. Like The esports for StarCraft should have been like, oh shit, we got this new StarCraft. StarCraft came out and they went, actually, no, we're going back to the old thing. So much so, you're going to make patches and then an HD up-res of the old thing. Yeah, that's, yeah, I, I think, well, I mean, Overwatch, I mean, that's, but the thing is, they still have games that are definitely still killing it, yeah, so I mean. And I'm not, I'm not saying that, but they are games that have been killing it for a while now. Like, it's the. That's true. Like, what really is the newest game from Blizzard? It's Overwatch, which is now, what, two, three years old at this point? Yeah. And, mm -hmm. like, why did Overwatch do well? It was the competitive shooter from Blizzard. Yeah. Do you think if Overwatch launched in this current Blizzard environment, it would do as well? I don't know. But also, I don't, like, it's the, we've moved away from MOBAs in a way that, I like, it's the, Overwatch was the shooter MOBA in a weird way. Yeah. It appealed in that same way that's like it's ultra competitive. Well, it's not it came it, it came out at the same time a lot of battle arena games came out in general. I think it predates them by about a year. Like it came out and it kind of wrecked at competitive FPSs and then all the battle royales came out. And then oh, you had Overwatch well, clones. Well, I'm not talking about battle royales. I'm just talking about the just arena arena shooters in general. I mean, it's an arena shooter among many arena shooters. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to think but, of other arena many... shooters that came out around that time. Like I know, yeah, like Lawbreakers came out after the fact. Yep. Um, yep. Fuck, what was it called? The uh, Gearbox one. The um, uh, Battleborn. That sounds right. Oh, like that came yeah, out around yeah. that time. That was bad, but that was also just kind of bad. Yeah. I, I guess I, I'm not coming up with another arena shooters that came out in that time period. Like, you had other arena shooters, I'm sure, that just weren't good. Like, Quake Champions is a thing. Yeah, that's true. No one seems to dig it all that hardcore, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's one of those ones where it's like, Overwatch was the last thing Blizzard did that kind of played what Blizzard's strengths were previously. And I think the idea of, like, well, what do you do next? Well, by what you were talking about, the idea of, oh, a lot of our staff plays Pokemon Go, we should make a Pokemon Go game, is the weirdest sentence out of Blizzard ever. Yeah, they want to cash in on that monetization for yeah. mobile. And, and, and I, yeah. it's the, if you look at Heroes of the Storm from that same way, where it's like, hey, people really seem to like MOBAs right now. We should do something with that. And we have yeah. this roster of IPs people care about for whatever reason that'll be enough to get people to come play it as opposed to the other two and it wasn't yeah. like i mean that's yeah. the, but blizzard has been sort of living off of its ip its own ip for a while now that is 
this just the worlds that they built, just the Warcraft and Starcraft world, they have been living off of those for a long time now, and I think they're starting to see the cracks in that too. Well, I think it's one of those things where I also think like it's the people are less willing to kind of put up with stuff. Like it's the uh, on one hand, like my ongoing search for an MMO proves that like yeah, Blizzard's still a big contender in that market, but like you have Warframe, which does kind of what I wish World of Warcraft did. You have Black Desert Online, which again. It's got its own set of problems, but it does what I kind of want World of Warcraft to do. Like, Terra is a fantastic alternative to Warcraft in some ways. It has its own kind of yep. Korean MMO problems, and mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's free. Yep, and I play the heck out of it. Yeah. That's the only MMO that I play right now. Yeah, like, it's the... I'm not the biggest fan of some of its design choices, and it's got some stuff I don't like, but the fact that it's a real-time playing action MMO very much appeals to me like it's the of uh, the three of us who plays the most loot shooter and the most r- loot driven games the fact that i won't play wow anymore because it feels old is a weirdly telling thing the fact that like i've played almost everything that's an mmo that's a loot based game at this point and some i like more than others but yeah like it's the it's just the biggest mmo it's not the best i think even at this point by anyone's measure it's just the mm-hmm, biggest, yeah. and that makes it the best in a in a world where you judge that type of game by community size and engagement and all that stuff. It is the best by that proxy. But you've got an expansion that's making people drop their subscriptions. You've got Alex, who the idea of I'm going to play another MMO, pretty hardcore. That's sh- like that. It, roll back to before Battle for Azeroth. That's shocking. Yeah, yeah, because I was fucking hundred yeah, percent in for Legion. No, and you like <laughs> Legion was Legion was like, yeah, they fixed it. They're not gonna give us another uh, Warlords of Draenor, and they kind of did. <laughs> like it's you can get away with one Warlords of Draenor. The second Warlords of Draenor, it's not like oh, it was a bad expansion. It was, huh? This is appearing to be a pattern. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's somewhere somewhere in the design there's a fundamental breakdown in what you want to do and what the consumers want. Yeah, and there's I, just a solid breakdown. Yeah, it's like you've got WoW players like me that honestly are like, maybe you shouldn't have done anything after Wrath of the Lich King. Like that's that's the <laughs> end of the story of the lore you had, and everything after that fact has been this weird World of Warcraft lore that, like, I get some people are into, but I, as a fan of Warcraft, do not give a fuck about the dragons or the elementals or whatever. I wanted to kill the Lich King. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like, not, it, it's the... As someone who cares a lot about that lore, where World of Warcraft is now, it's like, nah, I don't care. Like, when I was playing through that game again, once I got past Wrath of the Lich King, it's like, oh, Pandaria! I kind of care about the pandas. Not as much as I care about skull-fucking Arthas. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Like, maybe Pandaria's your victory lap of, like, yo, Pandarans, we out. But, yeah, like, I, I'll say it again. Like, it's the... If you ask me if I honestly believe Blizzard can make a modern video game that's as complex as it's done in the past, I don't know. I really don't. Well, they've never done it. They haven't done anything in the scale of a StarCraft or Warcraft in a long time yeah, now. Yeah, like, like Diablo it's... 3 was even a toned-back version of Diablo. Yeah. It was. 
And, it, and it's interesting that you say that because like I mentioned before, one of their pillars they're saying for the new Diablo they're working on is that they're embracing the old darkness from Diablo 2. The grittiness and all that stuff. Instead yeah, of making I, it like a cleaner version of it, if you will. Personally, I like it's like there's a lot about Diablo 3 I like. I, mm-hmm. I like the look of it. I think it's got a clean look to it. I like the classes for it. Like, and I, I get that some Diablo diehards are like, oh, this is missing and that's missing and rah, 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 rah. whatever. You're yeah. not going to make everyone happy, but as someone who like should have been all fucking over Diablo historically and could not be bothered to pick up that edgelordy franchise, it's, it's weird where it's like, okay, what's actually missing? Ah, the Satan. <laughs> I play Doom. That's all yeah. about the Satan. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. Like it's the like, I'm kind of surprised there's this level of kind of diehard fanboyness after Diablo three in some ways. Like it's like Alex is the only real diehard Blizzard fan I've ever known. Like a bunch of my friends growing up were like all fucking into Diablo two, where it's like, oh, you're not playing, and I'm like, yeah, I don't like Diablo two. I'd rather go play Warcraft three online and get my ass smoked by a bunch of Korean players. <laughs> what about Starcraft? I don't fuck with online Starcraft. <laughs> Yeah, even I didn't fuck with online StarCraft, and as big as I was, I knew, no, I'm not fucking anybody up. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, um, last thing I'll touch on as far as the Blizzard stuff goes is just very quickly here. Um, one of the things that apparently Activision wants Blizzard to do now is to start pushing out content uh, more often on a regular schedule, and if that sounds awfully familiar... It sounds a lot like they want them to convert to the Call of Duty model. Yeah. But see, Blizzard's not known for doing that. I, it's Blizzard Blizzard in a weird way has that very similar like and and don't don't get upset at the comparison here, but they also have that very similar Rockstar Games style where it's like we'll release it when it's ready. Like that's that's yeah, that's how Blizzard has been. I don't think it's a bad comparison in some ways. I would guess I think the difference in this one is like in the time it took them to like for better or worse uh, GTA 5 came out three separate times across its lifespan. Each one it made a shit ton of sales and in that time in between it had a lot of microtransactions going on. Like I, I think the difference for that is that Blizzard's not tied up in or sorry Rockstar is Rockstar. They are a separate entity that Take-Two publishes their shit, but they kind of get to be their own thing. They're also arguably the most... They're, they're maker of some of the most successful games of all time, though, too. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say, like, GTA V managed to make Rockstar money and Take-Two money in ways that's comparable with the lifestyle of uh, Blizzard's uh, World of Warcraft stuff, but I kind of think they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For like the amount of effort required for that monetization versus the other monetization, I think there's a real awkward chart out there where it's like, yeah, this five-year-old game made five hundred million dollars in skins. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. I, it, I, it's kind of the counterpoint to that. Is that goes back to my like, is Blizzard capable of working in a modern way? Like, it's this. Like Rockstar is really the only company that can get away with it's done when it's done, because when it's done, it's like fucking clear the way it's a Rockstar game coming. Yeah. Yeah. And every time it lands, it lands with such an impact, it's like, wow, we just killed October. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Like that's even now, like 
there was an article I saw com- people were comparing uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 to being on the artistic level of like the Godfather, the movie, yeah, and I, all that. I think it's going a bit far because, yeah, I'm not gonna get into that kind of feeling on that game, on that topic. Like I, it's in a year of amazing games, Red Dead Redemption is gonna run away with a bunch of awards that I don't think it deserves. Because like mm-hmm. that thing left a crater a billion miles wide as in orbit kind of thing, it's like yo I'm here, worship me. And to be fair, it's it's capable of pulling that off because it is what it is. Yeah, I I don't. It's like Blizzard has not had that type of thing. Like Overwatch, a giant global success, didn't clear the way the way that game did. Like other stuff came out around Overwatch where it's like oh. Yeah, that's an arena shooter. We don't compete in that market, so we're fine. The people that are playing that aren't going to play our shit, so whatever. That's fair. Yeah, like, <laughs> like Battlefield has its own set of problems, but they moved out of the way for whatever reason, but also, man, that Rockstar game's coming. It's a totally different genre, and we don't want to compete with it still. Yep. We don't want that release window. I, it's... And I guess the idea of hey, you have to put games out more like, like you have these things you have to you have to iterate on them more frequently, is a modern thing. Like you have to keep people engaged because like Hearthstone, other stuff takes your attention away. Wow, there's other stuff take your attention away. Overwatch, there's other stuff to take your attention away at this point. Like none of these things are standing alone as they used to. There's other stuff that maybe it's not as good or it appeals to a different group, but you have more things grabbing other people's attention. Like, I'm not going to say Anthem is some WoW killer, but I'm sure as hell going to check out WoW and stop playing Destiny and Warframe for a chunk of time, because that thing is new and falls into a category of what I like to play. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I, I, I do think you brought up a very interesting question. Like, is Blizzard able to kind of adapt and create new games for the current era. No, Because, yeah, I, they've I, done a lot of remasters. But... I don't think as they are right now, they can. I, I think, like, they've gotten away with we're fucking Blizzard a little bit too long. And like, I guess I like, go back to your comparison. Rockstar keeps reinventing what the modern era of their video games is every time it comes out. Like, it's the... If Diablo 3 came out and it was like, oh, shit, the dungeon crawler is new and bizarre and they've done it again... Yeah, you could keep that kind of Blizzard mystique going, mm-hmm. but that's not it. Like Overwatch, even was like it's it's a really good arena shooter. Okay, what else? No, nothing else. It's just a really good arena shooter. Yep, that's it. They're really good at putting polish. Essentially, yeah. they they kind of remind me of Apple in a certain way. And hear me out here. They they're good at putting a certain amount of polish on something that's already established. Yeah, that's what no, all I, none of their games none of their games. Have been groundbreaking, yeah. Like either either by genre or by game mechanic. None of their game mm-hmm. mechanics have been like, oh, well, that's something I've never heard of, and I've you know, or something that's really new or a new twist. No, it's nothing they've done has been. This has never been done before. I mean, they they were in the RTS market, and there are those you know, Command and Conquer was already there. West you know, West Westwood stuff, and when they did. Yeah, you know, when they did MMOs, I mean MMOs already existed. They just did it very well. Yeah, Apple, I, I, Apple has kind of done the same type of thing where they they take something really already existing and just package it really, really nicely. And that's one thing you can definitely say about Blizzard stuff. They have their mark, they have their artistic mark, 
and it's usually extremely polished. And um, I, as far as like the way the games play themselves, like the mechanics, the way they they are very polished games, but no, they are nothing new, they are nothing innovative, they are nothing that's like mind blowing. It's just really good versions of stuff that already exists. And I think it's mm-hmm. a weird like if you Maybe I remember this more than you did, Alex, because I was kind of on this conversation a bunch because I wasn't a huge Overwatch fan when it came out. But I remember like there was an ongoing conversation when Overwatch dropped that was kind of this weird waking up of certain parts of the gaming community that was, yeah, I don't think Blizzard's ever actually done anything original. They, they make very successful, better versions of other ideas people have come up with. Like it, Their exactly. most successful things have been refinements of other people's kind of original ideas. Like, it's the, like, EverQuest is the, it's not the original MMO, but it's the original kind of modern MMO. And the idea yeah. of Blizzard going, like, hey, we're making EverQuest is a big deal, and they did, and they made a better EverQuest in some ways. Yes. But, like, there's enough stuff that predates it that wasn't even now that it's like, okay, yeah, nothing original. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, not even, like, you know, like, Blackthorn or, you know, Lost Vikings. They weren't original like blackthorn there are already in quite a number of cinematic platformers as they're kind of called you know basically it's in the line of the prince of persia games the old prince of persia not the 3d ones the old ones the 2d ones and those kind of puzzle platformers or cinematic platformers it was but it was really good really really well done version of one same goes for lost vikings lost vikings was a puzzle platformer and it didn't do anything really extraordinary. It had some neat stuff, but it wasn't anything groundbreaking. Yeah, it, it's... I, I look forward to seeing what Blizzard does moving forward. I look forward to kind of seeing how people like you, Alex, who care a great... Who care, cared... I'm not quite sure what the, what the tense on this one should be. Like, a great deal about Blizzard at certain points in Blizzard. Like, like, what your relationship is moving forward, because I don't... Like, it's the you've had this fictitious company that hasn't been what it's been for a long time. It's just like, it's, it's, it's this old house and for a long time it was capable of looking fine, but a good storm came through and ripped the rudder and ripped the shutters off finally. And you can see the inside and you go, Oh, it's kind of dusty in there. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's nobody's actually renovated this thing. Nobody's actually updated anything in a long time. Yeah. So, so, all right. So I guess what, New, what next genre do you think they're going to try to refine into a game? What genre do you think they're going to hop into and say, "We're going, we're we're going to make a polished version of this genre"? Um, I don't know. I, I I'm kind of surprised it's not a battle royale mode or Overwatch in some ways. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I that would be intriguing. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's. I, I don't know. I, I think it's... I, I'm kind of... I, I think if Destiny had come out before they canceled Titan the way they did, I'm not sure if Titan would have actually gone away. I think the idea of... I'm getting into our news summons. I'm not in our news, our emails some, but like... Yeah. I. No one has nailed this kind of hero shooter MMO-ish game and I think that's the next big one because, like, if you can nail that and find a way to monetize it correctly, like, I think, like, it's the, you've got Destiny, you've got Warframe, like, yeah, you, you've got games that are kind of, 
very close to being the thing. And it's one of those ones where if Warframe had Destiny's kind of good feeling combat, yeah, I, I think that would be kind of this next end all beat all game in that arena. And like I, I think like Star Citizen out there is kind of vying for a weirder version of this title. I think like Dangerous is doing a similar thing. Like it's the next thing is uh, is like a new wave of lifestyle games, and the lifestyle seems to be kind of fantasy sci-fi hybridy things like like the, the secret world and hellgate london were kind of the early attempts at this oh yeah it's, yeah it's real time skillish based combat it's but it's still kind of like those trappings of mo where there's a lot to do and i think that's why grand theft Auto online was so successful like it, it had that infinite playability of an mmo because they kept feeding the beast but it had it, Maybe, to a certain extent, the future of this kind of world is fucking EverQuest Online, which is steadily doing well, as I understand. Like, Guild Wars has a similar thing going on. I've not played Anthem, so I can't talk about it, but, like, everything they keep showing for Anthem is unbelievably promising. And again, like, it's the, if you could just make Warframe with Destiny good combat, you have a game that's going to wreck the industry. And no one's done that yet. And I'm not saying Warframe or Destiny or Anthem are bad games, yeah. but like, if you could mm-hmm. somehow nail that shit, you're the next uh, You're the next World of Warcraft. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. We got one more news topic to get into before we move on to our main topic this week. I, we spent a lot of fantastic time on this topic. I think we need to move the hell on, though, too because there's not much more to say, I don't think, unless someone's got a strong opinion they want to get on this topic before we move on. Like, this has almost become its own yeah. bizarre main topic this week. It definitely ballooned in ways I wasn't expecting. It, it definitely feels like it became its own main topic. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> we are slavish to our format, if you will. Uh, yeah, last but least in our news is um, there's a Women of Ga- in Games exhibit exhibition, sorry, I'm fucking up words, happening at Where's this happening? Rochester, New York. Rochester, New York. Uh, uh, you were the one that brought this one in, Henry, so I'm just going to cut you loose on it. Okay, so this is in a, a, the Strong Museum. It's a, it's the Women in Games exhibit as part of a National Museum of Play. And essentially it is the story of women in video gaming. I mean, that's the thing. Like, women... As you and I know that it's been discussed many times, like women kind of got pushed out of the gaming sense and in computers and in technology in a lot of senses when they used to be a major element of it. That is, like women used to be the people running the computers and working the computers, and it changed, things changed. But in any case, this particular exhibition highlighting contributions throughout the years as well as modern ones. So it included both. You know, people such as Roberta Williams, who you may be recognize the name from Sierra Games, from a lot of the Sierra Games, like King's Quest, stuff like that. Um, and, like, you know, people that have been behind more recent games, like people that have, people that are part of 343 Industries. And, yeah, yeah so it's, it's pretty cool. So it's actually, you know, going through the ages... Um, I see, you know, more, yeah, I'm just looking at the article, and it's just so much is listed, like, so many, like, really, really good, 
contributions that, you know, maybe not necessarily even known, and some of them that are known and maybe not celebrated as much as they should be. Yeah, and on top of that, like, it's the, we always love highlighting things whenever, like, a history of gaming thing pops up, because it, it, it's long enough now that it has a history to it, and a lot of people kind of care about the history of gaming in the same way they do about film, yes. or TV, or move or kind of other art forms, and it's in some ways, at least in my opinion, one of the more interesting industries from a historical standpoint because it is so weird. It's lit and it's existed in these kind of times of great social change where like just massive policy shifts have happened and kind of world perspectives on things during the games. And the same way that can be influenced by outside forces like the Cold War and all that jazz. Yeah. You can it's like you can still play some of this stuff and have the same reaction you'd have had playing in that time because yeah. it's so well done yes and so yeah it's just yeah i'm definitely sort of a game historian myself i mean yeah. that's why i really dig stuff like this and and there's and i've seen a lot of really great game exhibitions and and i'm glad that this this particular one and its focus i'm happy that it has this focus for it because i think is i think it's i i think it's great that it's being recognized in this particular exhibit uh, it's it's a lot of games. I mean, I'm looking. You know, you look at the games, and it's just like, oh yeah, these are all games that I play and still play. I played a lot of Sierra games back in the day, so that's that's something I'm really really familiar with. But you know, mm -hmm. other other things along the way too that you may not have realized had a lot of had a lot of uh, women yeah. involved in the developments. Yeah. As our transition to our main topic this week, we are going to talk about that. Ever so awkward topic for this topic, Star Citizen. Mm. So um, it started before this podcast has gone up, but it's still going on by the time it goes up, so you can check this out if you want. Star Citizen is having a fly, free fly event. Mm. If you are curious what the hell this game is, yeah, here is your chance. Um, I'm not trying to find the exact time span for it, but there's an event. <laughs> Basically, for free, not having to buy it of any kind, you can play Star Citizen, and you can check out over eighty plus uh, over eighty of the ships from the game. A and this is where it gets real weird. A nine thousand dollar price tag of real world money USD worth of spaceships. I hate saying that out loud. For free right now, limited time event. Um, November 23rd through November 30th, so by the time this goes up, we're about halfway through, give or take some time kind of thing. If you're curious what the hell this game is and why, whenever it's compared to Vaporware, I say I have a copy of it on my computer, but also it's not a real game, here is your chance to experience the weirdness that is being a follower of the Star Citizen world. <sighs> Again, I'm not saying you should spend money on this game, quite the opposite, but where kind of Alex will occasionally compare this game to being the Nuke Dukem of the modern era, and I say no, it's not because I can play a version of it right now. Maybe go check it out. It it, it could be a very cool game. Again, do not spend money on this. Yeah. This is a cool time because you don't have to spend money, and I only say this because, and it's leading into our main topic this week. Star Citizen hit over two hundred million dollars in crowdfunding this week. They might as well actually build real spaceships. They might as well. And again, we've covered Kickstarter in the past. 
This is not news that Star Citizen has an obscene amount of money backed into it. But this is in the same week that has been revealed that Shenmue 3 got, had a Kickstarter campaign of almost was it seven mil, of over $7 million as well. Yep. Which means it's now time for us to once again return to fucking crowdfunding video games. And to clarify, I guess we'll get into it. The Kickstarter for the 2015 Kickstarter for Shenmue only brought in 800000 but across the... It's lifespan. There's been additional crowdfunding, and that's racked up over seven million dollars. Yeah, I, it's this is ridiculous. But all right, so I, I think the thing is, and we have to do we have to think about this here is there is only a couple of ways that a game will get funded. Period. Yes. All right. So one of them, the owner is just deep pockets and can just pay for it out of game. Like so, or a developer, or like a couple of developers, just have enough deep pockets, and they can they have yeah. enough to just fund a game. All right, that's you, yeah, you, that's to funding from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. As investors, which then your investors will get to control your company because you're a publicly owned company. So you have a bunch of investors, and they get to control the direction of your company now. So I mean, that's the other thing. And then number, and those investors may not care anything about the product itself, just that it makes profit. So that's the thing that you can that you can run into with investors that they may not necessarily even care or believe in the product you're producing, other than the fact that it's going to make them lots of money. That's all they care about. They want them returns. Well, mm-hmm. whereas with with something like Kickstarter, you don't. There's no promise of return of funds, so you aren't getting people who are funding in it in an attempt to take control of it or the company. And I think that's actually what's attractive to a lot of create content creators is oh, yeah. the, the ability to a, gather money without them claiming ownership over the product being made. In a perfect world, the idea of, I want to make something I think is going to be real cool. Will you, strangers of the internet, help me make a thing I think is going to be cool? If you also think it could be cool, is a great idea. Like the, the idea of, we give people money to do things that they hope will turn out well is a nice thought and an idealized society. It's a good thing. It would work out perfectly. But we don't live there. We live in a world where Mighty Number no. 9 happened. Yep. Yep. That, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, that, you know, but even with an investor, I mean, you think about, well, you know, I just mentioned the other ways you could possibly fund a game. Those can also produce terrible games. So, so I guess what the thing here is, what's the difference? What's what's our what's our value? What's our valuable difference here? What's 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 actually making one feel different than the other? Oh no, I think all of this is wrong and insane. Like it's on, on one hand, I totally support like crowdfunding games is on concept a great idea that time and time again has been proven to be a bad idea. But I'd like to believe in it. But also, it's a bad idea. Yeah. Like I, it's, I, I think, and this is unfair, and maybe in some ways, the future of crowdfunding video games hinges on Star Citizen to a certain extent. Like it's the it's, that thing has become so synonymous with the idea of crowdsourcing and video games funding. Yeah, that if it comes out, it's good. All of us assholes that put money into that game can go like, look, it was fine. It took forever, but look at this awesome ass game we got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's bad, 
we put $200 million into a fucking video game that, like, we have no proof will ever come out, has had insane content creep, and yep. will become a, like, if it's bad, every time someone tries to kickstart a video game, someone will post something going like, remember Star Citizen, and if it comes down, it's fine, you're in a weirder situation, but also, like, we've had too many, in some ways, examples of what happens if Star Citizen goes bad. Like, it's the the number of vaporware, except so uh, much the amount vaporware. of vaporware oh and acceptable gosh. Kickstarter games that yeah. came out. Like, like Alex, you funded ukulele, right? Oh, yes. a lot of people were sad on that one. A lot of people were sad at that, and arguably, they got exactly what they funded. Yep, it wasn't a bad game, it wasn't a good game, but you know, people keep treating crowdfunding like it's Amazon.com, where it's like, oh. Pre-order six months, awesome, I'm in. Yeah. Oh, that took longer than I wanted, or whatever, and, like, this isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. That's problematic. I, it's Or, this is never happening. Yeah. <laughs> Which has happened a lot. Yeah. You're gonna get bit-connected, is what's gonna happen. Yep. You're gonna throw your money at it, and they're just gonna fucking disappear. Like fucking Mighty Number no. 9. Hey, we got it funded, awesome. Hey, we want to crowdfund a second time. Hey, what about a third time, guys? Not to mention, hey, we want to crowdfund another game while we're still working on this game. Yeah. And then that game comes out, and we all go, huh, they've they've made Mega Man games without this guy that was the reason we crowdfunded this that are better than this. Yep. The fuck? Yeah. Yeah, like... Even Bloodstained, which again looks like a cool ass game, and it yep, it, it looks like that. Oh, we want another Symphony of the Night style Castlevania. Like it's yeah, okay, cool. I, at the same time, the weirdest thing to come out of that entire game was the guy that made Castlevania going. What do you mean? There's a phrase called Metroidvania out there. <laughs> oh, well, the, oh, the no, the best stream with with Kojima. Or not Kojima, sorry, with uh, with uh, 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 Koji is definitely the one where he was watching Rom Scout speedrun Symphony of the Night. It and just his comments watching somebody completely wreck his game hardcore. Yeah. It, have you have yeah. you seen it? Have you seen it? Oh yeah, he's upset. Oh yeah, he's visibly upset that Rom Scout is just wrecking his game, just wrecking it. <laughs> Well, Ralph Scott also is like a professional Castlevania. Like, it's such a niche thing for him, but like, he's a professional Castlevania Symphony of the Night speedrunner. Pretty like, that's, much. That's his whole focus. Pretty much. But see, here's little tidbit, by the way. He's also in charge of all the Twitch charity program yep. stuff. He's, he's there. Yeah. He's a, he's a really neat guy. I've met him a couple of times yeah. at, a, at, oh, at, no, and- at, at Games Done Quick. Yeah, he's a, he's a, a, he's a really great guy. An but yeah. It's a bizarre situation, too, of. My love for this game has led me to wreck this game in ways that piss off the creator of a game that I love. Oh, uh, the best I heard, uh, this is actually during a GDQ, total aside, but listening to the devs of Double Dragon Neon go silent when, when at one point when they start breaking some things in that game and they literally yeah. the phone there because they're on the phone basically they're on the phone call with the devs and devs are just like 
Uh, that's not supposed I, to happen. <laughs> I, yeah, like in, it, it's it, in broader sense, it's the, you can't you you can't quality control everything out of the game. There's always something, and I think it's a weird relationship with that whole community where it's the you have the game creators they are like, we made this great game that people love, and then when they're forced to see how that love comes out occasionally, like I think Sonic has the hardest time with this, where it's like, man. People love Sonic. But you know what the biggest strike against uh, Bloodstained is? You know, you know one of the main companies working on that game? Which one? Inti mm. Creates. You know what else they developed? Don't say it. Mighty Number no. 9. God ah! Yes. So the people be that are going to main development for Bloodstained is the same people who did Mighty Number no. 9, so be prepared for that one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. See, uh, and then you've got like me and Jeff's personal sin on this one of that Psychonauts two sure looked off the awesome because more Psychonauts. I've heard a fucking thing about that thing since they said, "Hey, we're doing that Fig." Yeah. What happened to Fig? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I think yeah. It, right now at this point, I don't know what to think about the whole. The whole Kickstartering, you know, or one way or another crowdsourcing games, because, like you said, the problem is, if there's a really big one and it fails like dramatically, it's pretty much gonna kill Kickstarting games forever. I, I personally think Kickstarting games should be dead at this point, just based on like, there have been too many successful Kickstarter campaigns that then the game came out. And the reaction was, uh, huh. huh? Yeah. Like, I can you think? All right. So I guess the even the more challenging thing would be, can you think of a kickstarted game where everybody was like, "Wow, I really like that." Mutant Football League. Never played it. It's really good. Yeah, I've, it's I've like heard that about old it. Mutant Football League. I had a lot of fun playing it. Me and Alex played it. I think at one point for a video. It's a cool game. That is yep. not for a lot of people. Well, that w- yep. that one was once a board game. Yep. So I'm I'm that's the way I'm familiar with it. I've never played yep. the video Mutant game. Football of it. League. Yeah. No, it was also a Sega Genesis game. It's also that. Um. Yeah. I don't think it blood- was originally. No, I'm thinking of Blood Bowl. Yeah, you're that's, thinking Blood that's Bowl. Ca- no, no, no. That was also a video uh, game, but. Yeah. No. The the one that Mutant Football League is based off of is actually a Sega Genesis game. Oh. Yeah, but like. Murder League or something? I'm blanking on the exact name. Oh no! It was, like oh, it was it? It was a game that was actually made by EA, and they made a football, yes. football one, and they made a hockey one too. Yes, they did. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm right on this, right? Yep, you're, you're, you're absolutely correct. That is Mutant League football, I think. Mutant League football, yes, that is yes. the Genesis one. Mutant League, not Mutant Football. Yeah, they they, they at least swapped two words. Yeah, yeah, to get this done. Yeah, and it's yep. great. Okay, that is that I is it. love it. That is it. That's the EA one. Yep, Mutant League but football. That one. So, but also that Kickstarter launched with, "Yo, here's a demo of the game," and I downloaded that demo and went, "Hey, this is Mutant Football League. Or, this is Mutant League football. Ah, this is like if you just release this demo, I'll be happy. Here's twenty dollars." And then the real game came out with more stuff. And I'm like, that was good money well spent. This is yep. a great game. I think that's not I, for everyone. I think I actually did watch you guys playing that. I think that's the way I know this game. I think I did yeah, watch it, that it video. Yeah, it is a fun ass game. That's not like it, 
it is for those of us that look back on like the late 90s and early 2000s and go, you know what's the best football game of all time? Blitz. Yeah, everything else has sucked. Yeah, Blitz is pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, I really hope they fix Blitz. Blitz, the new Blitz is garbage. Yep. But uh, yeah, Mutant Football League. Yeah, eh, that looks like a fun game. I I think I'd be even though I don't I don't really watch the sports ball so often. Yes. Or or play the sports ball. Uh, this looks it looks fun. It is a fun game. It 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 is a game that actively mocks how violent football is, and like it's like yeah, we're a fun game, but also there's some social commentary in here that like other places seem uncomfortable doing, but whatever. But like also that's the end of my list of yeah, Kickstarter games. Thing, it's like I think succeeded. Uh, uh, I got another one. Okay. That I think you guys are overlooking, and it has been a phenomenal success. What? Okay. Hollow Knight. Mmm, that was, was that Kickstarter. That, that was Kickstarter. It was a Kickstarter. It was absolutely Kickstarter. That's true. And that game is artistically fucking no, beautiful. I, I mean, I know you're not a big fan of side scrollers, so I get that. I can appreciate Hollow Knight for what it is. I thought that was a Steam early access game. Yeah, no, it it, it definitely was a Kickstarter, and then moved on to Steam yep. and all that stuff too. And I think they've still been pumping out. Hell, didn't they put out a free DLC recently that was like Probably. a whole another game or something like that? Uh, I believe it was these guys. Maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't own the game, so I don't know. Yeah, but no, Hollow Knight is definitely a solid pick. I picked it I, up when it was on sale. A I while had ago no and... clue this came out of Kickstarter. Hmm. Yeah, no, that is a. It, it's it's. A, I've been told I haven't gotten too far into it that it is basically the two D side scroller version of Dark Souls. Hmm. Yeah, that 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 is a accurate assessment of that game. Is my understanding. Oh, I mm-hmm. guess like Hyperlight Drifter came out of that too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Elite was that, was that was that their free DLC that they pushed out for some, or a free game they gave people? No, no, that's completely different. different. Yeah, completely other game. But let me okay. let me see. I guess the Banner Saga also falls in there. Like Shovel Knight also does. Huh, Darkest Dungeon came out of Kickstarter. Hmm. I totally fucking forgot about Wasteland Two. Was that good? Ah, uh, it's for a certain group of people. You were really going to enjoy that game. I dug it, but also, like, that game is not for lots of people. If you like <laughs> the Wasteland franchise, yes, you will probably like that game. Hell, if you like, like, if it's that kind of old-school tactical RTS-style shooter RPG thing. I guess Super came out of Kickstarter as well. I did not know that. Hmm. Super Meat Boy? Super Hot. Was super hot. Really? Mm. That was Kickstarter. Super interesting. Hot. That's also a fun game. Yeah. We actually we also did a video on that one. Uh, Broken Age came out of there too, but I don't think Broken Age is a good game. I'm guessing you found some list of kickstarted games. I found a popular on the web list. Yes, I'm trying to find a more. Uh, there we go. That's what I'm looking for. Um, I now need to sort this list by like popularity or how well the fuck it did. Um. Or when it was actually released. Yeah. Elite Dangerous? Did we mention that one already? I didn't realize that was a... I... Shovel Knight? We said Shovel Knight, didn't we? Yeah, no, Elite Dangerous came through there. Uh, we did say Shovel Knight. I do like Elite Dangerous. Oh, Barkley 2. Fucking great. That came from Kickstarter. Let's see. FTL did. Faster Than Light. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's actually... There have been some successful games there. I'm not, I, 
I, I guess I'm not saying like it's it's weird because none of the games we just listed I actively think of as Kickstarter games except Newton Football League because and so they're they went on to have giant followings and I think all of them spent some time in Steam Early Access or in Elite Dangerous case it was there and also like in that weird Xbox One Early Access period. Mm-hmm. Ah, chivalry came through there. That's yeah. But, but uh, then again, th- I'm this one. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, I'm. Just, I was just going to say that I've I've re- I've reordered the list in order of release date to see what's unreleased. Woo! There's a lot on the unreleased part of it. Yeah. Now we look at the other side and and the canceled part as well, like some of the canceled mm. ones that are straight up actually canceled. Uh, there's also Divinity Two, or yeah, Divinity Original Sin Two, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's also a Kickstarter game, and that's actually I've played that before. And Remember, boys, the Ouya came from Kickstarter, the greatest Kickstarter success mm-hmm. of all time. Fucking Cloudberry Kingdom came from Kickstarter. Oh, that's reason enough never to cloud the Kickstarter game ever again. Oh, that shit <laughs> fucking sucks. I played an hour of that abomination of a game. Fuck everything about that game. Fuck, it's so hard. I did a I did an hour one for that game. I wanted to kill myself afterwards. <laughs> Not hyperbolically. I thought like that game was actively killing myself while I played it. Yeah. Oh, geez. I think that was the first hour one I actively tapped out of where I'm like, I can't keep playing this. My brain is rotting. Yeah, I'm so I'm so I'm checking this out right now. It's like mm, a lot more games have been crowdfunded than I thought, but a whole lot of these were either ones I've never heard of or were were abject failures. Yeah, I, it's and, and like I guess like for the record, some like I'm not going to say I'm going to base a game's success off how much was the kind of raised for it, but, like, a lot of these games that were funded are in the, like, less than 100,000 Kickstarter. Range. Yes. They're not yes. giant fuck-off games. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll definitely say that. So, yeah, if you put these in order of the amount raised, yeah, a lot of them are very modestly budget, budgeted. Yeah. See, let's look at the, you know, the bottom Nothing end. Nothing wrong with that. I- I'm not saying that's a well, that's not the mark of a good game is how much money went into it, but like, oh. oh no, oh I just okay. So sorry, just looking at this list remind me of a game that I'm like, is it gonna come out? All right, so our old friend Richard Garriott, uh, you know, has been working on basically Ultima game that's not Ultima because somebody else claimed the Ultima brand, and so it's yeah. basically he's just creating Ultima but not with the Ultima name. But it's mm. but it's not out yet, and I don't know if it ever will be. Or uh, no, yeah. no, no. What? It was fully released. What? It was. I I didn't even think it was released. Uh. <laughs> uh. Okay. So it actually was released this year. Finally, I didn't think that was ever going to get released. Sorry, that's kind of an aside. I didn't think that game was going to get released. I thought that was surely going to be vaporware. Yeah. Yeah, that one had 11... I would argue the fact that someone who's a fan of what that game is going for missed the release of it is indicative of a larger problem, but... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. well, I mean, I was following it, but I, I, ne- I didn't put money towards it. Uh, Alright, all right, I'll say no, this. I, yeah, I, I, I stopped kickstarting games pretty abruptly and then gave money to Star Citizen and then went, what the fuck am I doing with my life? And have not done so since. But yeah, I, it's... 
I always feel bad when we talk about this topic because I'm not opposed to the idea, but we're in this weird spot where, like, fucking Shenmue 3, a game that by a lot of measures should not be made, raised $7 million. Hey, Dark Souls the board game raised almost $4 million. Yeah, but I would argue that Dark Souls fans are... Yeah, that's kind of insane in its own way. Too. Sorry, also, that, that's like, that's a pretty high price for a board game. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money for a board game, but I, I don't know. Like that, that's I feel the chances of succeeding at a board game are a lot higher than succeeding at making a video game. What like, I, really? Well, oh no, you making know- a finished board game is easier than making a finished video game. All right, so but think about this. Board games actually have a cost of supplies. They actually have to yes. be manufactured. So they are a way bigger gamble. I way don't bigger. disagree with that, but I'd also with say games, like you just the... you can just sell the game. You don't you don't have stock to run out of. Yes, but I'd also say or, that or... like it's the board games are a there's not a lot of hidden stuff. It's not like paper doesn't evolve every five years the way video games do. And you don't necessarily have to release, you know, updates to your board game. Yes, it's not going to glitch out, or at least it shouldn't yeah. be glitching out. Like my pieces shouldn't fall through the table. I haven't had that happen. I yet. would play a board game where that happened, though. That'd be fucking metal. <laughs> <laughs> this board. Oh god, game- it made a rip in the dimension. This board game is actually glitched. Uh, that'd be pretty Why? awesome. It's changed my first name. <laughs> yeah, I, it's. You're not wrong. I, I'm not saying the idea like it's the there's risk in any game design. Don't get me wrong. I think it's more just a to put it kind of a weird metaphorical way. The process of birthing a board game is a lot more linear and less convoluted and not as fraught with hazards as the path to a video game is. Okay, like I, I can definitely agree with that. Uh, considering the similar scales of board game versus a similar scale of a video game. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I could kind of see that. I mean, like I said, yeah, I, you aren't with a board game, you don't have to worry about the board glitching out. Like, all of a sudden, I have the board flat, and it just folds upwards, and it just folds itself in, and all the pieces yeah. collapse. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not afraid of that happening. As much as I would love to see a board game that released a 9-gig day one patch... That'd be amazing. It just doesn't happen. Like, it's it, it's the dude on some website being like, Yo, there's a typo in the rules! New download, nine print, gigs. Print this out and paste it over the existing rules. Thanks. <laughs> you know, it would kind of make sense though to actually have that for a board game to be able to release addendums to the rules. Some of them do on their web on the website. Like you'll go on there and it'll be like clarifications yeah. and addendums on rules. Like, tabletop but, RPGs have revision numbers and stuff, yeah, even. But not, but yeah, not on the level of a video game. I'd say, yeah, I'd agree. Mm. Not on the same level as a video game. I uh, it. I guess I'm still surprised. Us for... Back in some because we've been going on this for a while now. Like it's we are in such a weird spot with crowdfunding. Like there have been so many games that did real well in funding, and then they came out and just kind of eh, that the fact that we're still getting games out there with this type of money put behind them is insane. The fact that anyone's putting money into Star Citizen anymore is insane. And, and you know, and this is kind of the thing, like I said before, it, the interesting thing is people are doing this with no 
you know, no expectation of, you know, making money off of it like a oh, normal the, investor. And that's the most that's interesting the thing. That's the weirder about, part. Like, it's, yeah. there's this, like, denial for Star Citizen of, like, the game's totally happening. And I'm like, it probably is. But, like, you've put a lot of money into this game. How do you know? I know what ship you're flying in right now, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's a thousand dollar ship. Yeah. Real money. Yeah. I'm not one to judge because I have also bought some fake ass digital assets technically, but not in a thousand dollar digital asset. Yeah, that's a that's a crazy amount of money. I that's kind of unbelievable, to be honest. Yeah, it's and there's sales, don't get me wrong. Like it's Yeah. Stop funding crap stop funding Star Citizen. Like stop funding like maybe stop crowdfunding video games, but also like don't because it's a good thing, but like yeah, that's and that's oh. we're in this weird space here. Like you, you know, it's just I do and I don't. Yeah, I I, I don't want to see video game. I don't want to see another big collapse, like a nineteen seventies collapse of the video game industry again because of all this kickstarting and collapsing, or or the kickstart failed kickstarting, or at least very disappointing returns from kickstarting. Yeah, mm. yeah, I. I don't know anymore. Uh, it's I I think the two things are separate like you've traditional video game design, you have kickstarting like it's I, I think will hurt indie devs. I think the whole lack like the 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 early access green light thing I think is going to be the next kind of weirdness we're going to have happen. Like it's we got way too comfortable basically being people's alpha testers for a long ass time. I I think and the, that's weird. Yeah, I well I think the and this is the thing that that is of concern to me when it comes to Kickstarter. That's actually of concern to me is you look at the, if you look at a lot of the ones that got kickstarted well, like the Kickstarter for the highest amount of money, yeah. they are all almost entirely based on a, an existing fandom, yeah. an existing license. Even Star Citizen is playing off of existing fans of like Wing Commander. Yeah, no, it's by the Wing Commander guy. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's the thing. It's like all these. I'm looking. You know, you look at all these games. They're all Shenmue, Bloodstained, Dark Souls, the board game. You know, Torment, mm -hmm. Tides in Numeria, which is you know that was Planescape Torment spiritual yeah. successor. Uh, you know, probably Mighty Number no. Nine. All of these, Ukulele, Wasteland. I, I, I'm just looking at all these at the top of the list, and they're all just. They're literally just. Ex existing franchises or either a new sequel to an existing franchise or oh, they are, a reimagining or a reimagining yeah, slash uh, just you know like in the case of Richard Garriott Ultima but not actually Ultima and Bloodstained Castlevania but not actually with a Castlevania name yeah they are actively kind of preying upon people's fondness for things yeah and that kind of and that's taking money in essence, I mean, I guess not necessarily taking money away from, but definitely taking focus away from your smaller Kickstarter projects with your smaller studios that are trying yeah. to do something new or innovative or nice instead of just playing, just playing the, the same old guitar. Yeah, and I might go so far as to argue that, like, Kickstarter should be for the small stuff. Yeah, because that's the thing, it's like, when... You know, like when these huge devs go on there, like you, Suzuki, you know, goes on there for Shenmue, or you know, Chris Roberts, you know, all these, 
you know, well-known people, all these well-known studios and people in the games industries, and they go in there and they pretty much, they absorb all the attention, and yeah. it, which means, like I said, you're not going to see as much investment in these smaller games. Though, there's quite a few of these smaller, you know, independent games that actually have met their goals and have been released and have been enjoyed. And, but at the same time, they made, they get, they get made to look bad because of some other thing. Yeah, when the larger and it has been mainly a lot of these larger games that I've talked about, these licensed or not licensed franchise games or versions of a franchise game are the ones that have failed the most spectacularly. Yeah. Are the ones that have been you know, like Mighty Number no. 9 having the Mega Man people behind it. And yeah. uh you know and I, I kind of suspect the thing, same thing for Bloodstained because it has the same creators as Mighty Number no. Nine behind it, um, and that it's yeah, it, yeah. I don't know, I don't know where it's going now. But I'm like I said, I am. This is this is the issue about it that actually concerns me. Is I I I think that future studios' chances can be wrecked if one of these big name ones fail. Drastically, like if Star Star Citizen is just like people are just like, yeah, we hate this. That's gonna really kill kick fund uh, Kickstarter funding for, yep. for for smarter games. And yeah, all these at the top of the list, all the ones that got the most funding, they're all major licenses. They're all major franchises. They're all sequels or remakes or remasterings instead of something actually new. Which isn't at all surprising in a certain sense, but I think it is taking advantage of the platform and or and kind of in a certain spiritual way misusing it. Like these are people that could probably get backers anyways. That could probably get yep. investors. Doesn't anyways. They if they just went out and got investors, they have enough big a name they could done that on their own. They just didn't want. I think the only reason they went to Kickstarter is they didn't want an investor can have any control over or any say over the final product yeah well and hey if you can control all the money you can control all the money like it's, yeah it's, there is some appeal there yeah and i understand that yeah and i definitely do understand that but yeah i i just yeah i have that i feel like i have some valid concerns about the whole way this is going this is shaping up to be our longest podcast to date so yep. at the risk of cutting ourselves off i want to move on to emails so yep we can actually put this thing to bed in a timely-ish manner at this yeah. point. Yeah. Well, before we go, I do want to, just the last topic, touch on this here. Yeah. Um, I guess the moral story is don't kickstart games, maybe? Is that what we're going with here? Use your common sense, but also don't kickstart games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'd like to pleasantly announce that we are launching the Wicked Awesome Kickstarter. Uh, we haven't come up with an idea for a game yet or an actual game itself, but please send us your money. Just give us all it may or may not be a cryptocurrency. Yeah. Yeah, that wicked coin. Ooh, I like this. Wicked We've made coin. this joke before. <laughs> We're making it again. People like remakes. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Kickstarter proves it. Uh, yep. We're kickstarting yes. our cryptocurrency. Yep. Relevant joke. Ah, uh, a, a broken clock is right twice a day, I suppose. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, emails. If you want to contact us, Henry, how would you go about doing that? That is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. What's that email again, Alex? Uh, for you non-Kickstart donators, uh, it's wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. For those of you who are signed up for the first tier of our Kickstarter, 
uh, you'll have a separate special email that you can send us stuff. And what's that email? Uh, you have to pay for the Kickstarter tier one to get that. Are you sure it's not wickedawesomecast at gmail.com? It might be. I'm sure it's also it might be. Is it spelled as it sounds down in the show notes like it is every week? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Charlie. Let's do the one aimed at you, Alex, right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. Your Wicked Awesome cast. Alex has been... You're, sorry, your Wicked Awesome cast. Alex has in the past been a bit of a Blizzard fanboy. How is he dealing with the ongoing Blizzard situation? As a Diablo fan, it's been interesting listening to Alex's ongoing feelings on the topic. Lyle, I think? Oh. Answer him, Alex. Um, I've been coping. There's a lot of drinking involved, mainly. <laughs> um... I wake up and I wonder what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> it it kind of changes from day to day. Sometimes I'll log in and play for a few minutes. Sometimes I'll just sit here and wonder why I chose to make the decisions I made in my life. And uh like in all seriousness, like our many jokes aside, like does this ongoing conversation make you less likely to play WoW? I will say I'm still playing WoW. Of course you are. But like I mentioned before earlier in the podcast, I am exploring my options. I am definitely at an MMO crossroads mm. right now. You're a free agent of the MMO-ness? <laughs> I wouldn't say a free agent, but I'm like, yeah, I'm testing the waters, you know. I, I'm I'm LeBron right now, and I'm, I'm hanging out with the Cavs, but you know what? Miami over here, the Miami Final Fantasy XIV's called me, and... Uh, you're I'm taking just... offers. Your agent is on call. <laughs> yeah, I'm on call. Taking offers, listening around. You're looking to get actually, that ring. I totally forgot to mention, I did actually download Guild Wars 2 and try it for like 10 minutes, and then I was like, nope, this isn't for me, and I immediately uninstalled it. Yeah, so, I've been there. Yeah. All right, but, um, that's why I don't play that yeah. game. So. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, Lyle. Uh, next up, we're going from Sadie in Texas. Hey, Wicked Awesome Cast, there's suddenly a lot of media out there about Anthem. If I'm, if I'm remembering right, there was a group. This was a group favorite from E3 conversations. Any thoughts on what's been shown off? Uh, I actually haven't checked out too much there of the stuff are for Anthem recently. Two almost hour-long dev live streams. One of which shows off kind of what the combat for that game is and kind of the open-world loopness of it. And one of it's dedicated almost exclusively to character customization. Oh, okay. Wow. And. I think they're doing a lot of things right with that game. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, for a, yes, it's being made by Bioware, which is owned by EA and that kind of puts a weird situation in. But if we're moving towards a world where for like big games like this, you have to have some type of monetization. The fact that upfront they're designing cosmetics of that game to have fucking nothing to do with gameplay. It's just the look of your character and, like, the detail they're going into from right off the bat, it is like, man, so what you're saying is I could buy a helmet I want and not feel like a total ass, <laughs> unlike some other games out there. Yes. I, I'm I listening. See, I'm totally okay with that. Like, I've got no problem with, I mean, it, microtransactions are the future anyway. It's going to yeah. happen. We're already in that kind yes. of timeline. Yes, we are. It's going to continue to be. Yeah. So I, I can't even say it's the future because we are living in that. The fact um, that I can look at a game that's not out yet and like be kind of okay with hypothetically how it moves forward with microtransactions just based on like 
as cool as the gameplay one is, it's 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 a gameplay demo. Like from a like understanding what goes into making a video game in a holy shit set of moments, the mm-hmm. like customization live stream, it's an hour of them customizing a character and just wow. like, like the stuff you can it's like and it's not a ton of customization, but the options under each one of those customizations, it's like, man, this is a thought out system. Like it's the I, I shit you not, I think there's at least a hundred different like textures you can put on stuff. And it's oh, not wow. like it's like various metal finishes and fabrics and stuff where it's like you could very well make a game now where like the updates are free, you sell new javelins every once in a while, and like fucking skin pattern packs and colors kind of like they do in Warframe and be very successful if this game is good. Mm-hmm. Like I would even I would even like just to throw it as an idea out there. If the character customization is so thorough, make it so that you can install the game and launch it and create your character, but the servers don't go live to actually play until maybe like a few days later. Like you can log in and actually spend time with the character creation process. I, I think get that would the be impression a, a lot of this is unlocked in the game. Oh, like okay. it's part of like it's the they basically said there's two types of loot in this game. It's either cosmetic or it's gear. And gear is not stuff you can, in theory, buy. Like that's going to be only for earn. It's 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 what affects your gameplay stats. The stuff they're showing off is like the level of detail you can go into for like how paint shows up on your javelin, and like the wear levels you can put on stuff. And like if you really want, all the hard armor can have a soft fabric texture on it that uh, gives it like an ombre or like a plaid pattern for whatever fucking reason you want to do that to it, but, like, it is... I... I it is, like, a... It is an RPG's level of, like, character customization shit you can do for a game where you are essentially driving a tank. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that at base level, like, there are four characters in that game from a, like, customization standpoint. It's the Colossus, the Storm, the Hunter or Jaeger, whatever the base one's called, and the fourth one I'm playing on the name of like an assassin character, and they all at base level look the same. And based on like the small sliver of stuff they showed off in that tra- in that video, holy fucking shit! You might never see another javelin that looks like yours ever. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's cool. It's it's really cool. And at the same time, you look at it and go, "Yeah, this is where you put microtransactions," and I'm totally okay with that. Like, sell me cool-ass helmets for my um, javelins. I want you to do that. I also want to unlock some cool-ass javelins, but, like, if you want to do some dumb Halloween bullshit, and I think it's cool enough, I will give you money for a cool-ass helmet. Yeah. Or, like, arm guards or something. Yeah, I agree. If it's a game I like, I'll definitely drop money on on microtransactions. I do on Terra. Straight up. Yeah. Yeah. uh... On top of that, the gameplay looks solid. Like, it's they showed off two characters I'm not going to play, but what they showed off, I'm like, ah, mm, this is good gameplay. Yes. Huh. I'll have to check those out then. I, it's, they are long. That's fine. I got time today. Yeah. They're, <laughs> yeah. They're both on the Anthem YouTube, finally. I think they showed up on IGN first, which made me suspect them. Then they showed up on uh, Anthem. I'm like, okay, cool. These are real. Good to know. <laughs> I, it's, that, that game is doing some weird stuff, given how apprehensive people are. They're like, they're doing these very useful info dumps where you're like, man, I'm drowning in what you just dropped. 
and I dig it. Juice <laughs> for me. Thank you, Sadie. Uh, last but not least, we got one that comes from an anonymous. He asked for it to be anonymous, please. I appreciate your politeness. And this one's kind of aimed at Henry, actually. Your oh. first listener mail, Henry. Yay! Hey. Wicked awesome cast. I think someone mentioned that Henry was involved in wrestling a few episodes ago. Does he have any opinions on wrestling games? Ooh. Indeed, I do. They're ha- Hell suck. Uh, well, I'll say this. All right, so... Mm, the, the, the WWE games... They could be fun, but they definitely had some weird glitches. They get worse every year. And and really, the biggest the biggest thing with pro wrestling games is that pro wrestling is not like a lot of other sports. So it's it ends up being a very difficult thing to try to actually have a game that feels like pro wrestling because it's it's. It's just so different from any other sport. It's you don't, you aren't keeping score. It's not like a traditional fighting game, but they kind of have to do it like that, where there's the you know, life meters and move meters and things like that. But yeah, um, yeah, it's. I can imagine from a kind of a gameplay perspective, it's awkward because the real version of that of what wrestling is is arguably faker than the video game version because the performance. Yes not a competition necessarily yeah it's mm-hmm. it's yeah it's not a competition in the same way that football is a competition not in yeah. this not in the same way but yeah it's a performance and so it, wrestling games hard to come by but like i've as far as more res- recent ones uh i played uh, the fire pro wrestling world not too I long ago. I was wondering ago. if you'd play that. That thing's good. Yeah, it's very good. And that came out. It came out not too long ago, really. I mean, I guess it's a year old now, but I, it was. Uh, it's been in early access for a while. Okay, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I I have that. I have that game, and I I made well. I and a friend on stream, we made some uh, ridiculous, uh, some absolutely ridiculous av- wrestlers and referees with it because that's what you do in the game. You you make ridiculous things. And so we we have some in the in the uh, not in the Steam store, but in the uh, the uh, workshop Steam Workshop. So we have characters that we made in Steam Workshop. They are horrible because that's the only thing you should do if you're given a character editor. You have to make horrors, you like horrors that should not exist in this realm. The nightmare. Yep. <laughs> and so yeah, one of them is just looks like a beak and then feet and with no hands. I would follow the shit out of that wrestler. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then we have a, uh, we made a a a referee that has no. Uh, hold on, the referee has hands but no arms, and moves super fast and doesn't. Its body is a head. It, it doesn't have a head on. It's just the torso is like a face. And so yeah, we we made horrible things, but you can find them on the same workshop. They're 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 amazing, and uh, Fire Pro Wrestling World. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, other. But yeah, I I actually enjoy this one more than I enjoy the 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 WWE games. Uh, I'll, I'm, I actually found that I was able to do a proper wrestling match in Fire Pro Wrestling World more easily than I would in WWE 2K or WWE like 2K18 or whatever. Yeah, I. 
I'd also interject that I think the modern televised version of wrestling, and I'm not talking about indie wrestling, which is where real wrestling still happens. Yeah. Is arguably more about the pageantry in some ways at this point. Oh, absolutely. If you than watch actual wrestling. Yeah. So like a wrestling RPG would be more appropriate in some ways in the modern era. Which they've made before. A lot of the Fire Pro Wrestling worlds tend to be wrestling RPGs. This one is no exception. Yeah. It doesn't have as much story though as the other ones. Uh well I guess yeah, I, I, I'm talking like more like a bioware style mat like a bioware RPG based around wrestling where yeah. like you relegate the wrestling to quick time events or not even events at all. It just kind of plays out. Or, or it might be a more accurate wrestling game for the modern era. Yeah, I mean, like the career mode in WWE 2K and in Fire Pro Wrestling World, it's not, it's not on the level of a, not quite on the level of what I would consider a proper RPG. So I think that's yeah. that's there's definitely a place for that there. Um, yeah, but there aren't a whole lot of wrestling game pro wrestling games around right now. Like it's. You don't have a whole. I mean, I'm. I just pulled up the, the wrestling, uh, the wrestling tag on Steam, and there's like, eight games, and yeah, there's not. There's not. So there's not a whole lot here, but yeah, um, yeah. I I think. Well, it looks like one of these is an RPG slammed. But it looks like a text only RPG. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Not uh, you have wrestling spirit here, which looks like uh. A little more like that. Doesn't look like it's well rated though. Um, but yeah, I have yeah. Fire Pro Wrestling World is really good. I I definitely recommend that game. It's it's pretty solid, but is but definitely like, but it's it's definitely a little weird because it is sprite based. It's two D sprite based, whereas you know WWE you know two K eighteen and two K nineteen are you know full 3d so i mean that's but yeah you can go into the workshop and find our stuff uh let's see the names are if you want our referee it is lard shoes that's like lard l-a-r-d shoes and it's it's monster and our wrestler that we created is justice quaximum oh by the way both of these are also made with help from chat thank you chat <laughs> Uh, just Justice Quaximum, who is just has a has a green green hair, a beak, and feet, and no body, <laughs> and it's it's amazing. So that that's that's what we, that's what we that's what we created because we're horrible. But yeah, all right. So that's that's my thoughts on wrestling games. It, it's it's hard to get a really really good one just because wrestling's so weird. I think that's, Fair enough. I think that's why not a lot of companies actually make them. I think you answered the question pretty thoroughly. But thank you, thank you for writing in with that. Uh, for uh, anonymous, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for writing in. That does it for emails this week. Remember, wickedawesomecast at gmail dot com. Send us emails; we enjoy getting them. But that does it for this extended, it seems, episode of the Wicked Awesome Cast. Anything you two want to talk about? We get the hell out of here. Uh, no, I'm good. I'm not <laughs> definitely good. <laughs> no more words are left to be said. Yeah. All right, then. You want to take us out this week, Henry? Sure. Hit the music. <laughs> no. Haha. <laughs> yeah. I've, 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 I've been watching a lot of different podcasts, so. You're the metal. Yeah.